somewhere in a movie studio corporate boardroom. Okay, pitch me something good, see? All right, there's a war. It's in the stars uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That would never work. Next. All right. So there's an alcoholic tech billionaire, and he's captured by terrorists, builds himself a robot suit to escape, then goes on adventures saving the world with Norse gods and unfrozen World War II superhero. Boo. Next. All right, right. This unknown boxer from Philly takes on the champ. Inspirational sports movie. Not woke enough. Okay, okay, okay. How about a podcast about movie franchises how they get made, and whether the movies hold up or not. Go on. And we review the movies and talk about them? I can put that on a lunchbox, and we'll call it Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye. It's the best idea I ever had. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And I'm Andy. Subscribe to Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening now. Join us every week along with special guests to discuss some of our favorite movie franchises and why the world seems to revolve around them. Through November, we're discussing the films surrounding James Bond in a miniseries we're calling On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Not just Bond, also Bond-adjacent movies like Austin Powers, Top Secret, unofficial rogue Bond movies. Atomic Blonde, The Rock, and some of these will be exclusive to GNN Network subscribers. Join us with new episodes at the beginning of most weeks, barring any problems with our spy gear. You expect me to podcast? No, Bond. I expect you to... Kiss your franchise goodbye. What's going on, guys? Welcome back into the Fortress of Comic Two podcast. My name is Tyler. Hi, Mary. I'm Kylie. This is Comic Book Club. It's a show we do once a month where we take a trade paperback, and as Aaron would say, we read it page by page by page. And uh, but this time we're doing it a little bit different because we're going to be talking about triage from Dark Horse, but we actually have Philip Seavey here, who is the writer, artist, colorist, inker, everything but the Yay! letters, right? Yep, everything but the letters. That's me. <laughs> the creator of triage is here to go over his book with us page by page by page. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See if he makes it. <laughs> Let's see. So I obviously, Phil, down. thanks I, for no, thanks for no. coming. Thanks for having me on. I sat down this morning. I was like, I have actually not read this book. <laughs> I've I've written this book. I've done everything. But as the issues came out, I've never sat down and read it. Is it a different experience as reading? Can, can you like separate yourself from it to to just read it as a as a reader of a book, or do you? Is it too much to like? You know, it veers on the side of a little bit too much. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not because I like, I'm not proud of the work, but by the time it's printed, if it's something like triage where I've done everything, like I worked on the plot for months, I wrote the scripts, I rewrote the scripts, I did all the design work, I did the pencils, inks, and colors, I did lettering mm-hmm. passes, I did approvals on. So by the time it comes out, like I've lived in the story for so long, it doesn't read like a story. It reads yeah. like an like a instruction manual to me. I don't feel it the same way I felt it for every step of the way because by the time it's like off to the press like the printer i can relax and it's like okay i can move on to the next issue there's like a weird disconnect so that actually kind of bums me out because i always wonder like can like (laughs) can like directors like appreciate their films i've heard that a lot about directors where it's like by the time it's out they've been with it for so long they've been in the editing room they've they've done it's a real bummer though man You know, and maybe in like a year or two or five years, I can come back to it and read it. It's too fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. I only finished this 
middle of December. So it's been seven months. Right. But right. it was 15 months all consuming leading up to the, when I finished it. So maybe with a little bit more time, I can enjoy it as a reader. Right now, it's still I'm reading the, the thing that I've been working on forever. I haven't quite been able to distance myself. You from still it. have the PTSD from it. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, it was a lot of work. I loved every minute of it. But whew, yeah. Was, so Mary and I had actually read that we've read this twice now because we read it in singles as it came out and then yep. read it in preparation for this uh, again through the trade. Kylie has never read this up until this week. Yep. So what was kind of your just like first? I mean, we'll get into it, obviously, but just kind of your first initial kind of takeaways to my face. Kylie, I enjoy the way. fact that there is there's like I mean, the, there's some guys in the book, but I mean, they're very minimal. It's all women. And yeah, I really I like that. that, I like that and it felt when I read it, I felt like this. This feels like I mean, I'm not a woman, so I can't speak on the behalf of that. But it yeah. felt like, yeah, these these seem like women. It's, you, you wrote it well. Oh, yeah. thank you. It was they were all well. kick ass. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> For sure. Um, I think I, I again, it's such a different experience. I think reading something you know, periodically, you know, and then, then reading it in one lump sum as I did mm -hmm. yesterday. I don't mean to interrupt you. What? One thing I did like about this trade is when you do read trades, you usually get like, oh, here's the cover for this issue. So now you know it's the next issue. Okay. There was not, that wasn't, didn't happen in this. It was just oh, one see? big like story. Okay. And I loved it, it. In the interest of podcasting, I, I that. hate that. Oh, really? <laughs> because, because that's where like, if I need to take a break, sometimes if I'm reading a trade, like, oh, I'll finish this issue. And they're like, okay, that's the end of issue two. That's where I'll throw my bookmark in, like, oh, okay. switch laundry or whatever. Like here, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, cause I, it bothers me to stop in the middle of something. Like if I need to go okay. do something, like it's I have to OCD. finish this issue. Yeah, I can't gotcha. just stop on this page and come back to it. it. It bothers me for some reason. So I actually don't care for that. <laughs> There's okay. not like a separation. Interesting. I liked it. Okay. No, it's, it's totally fine. I'm interested to hear Was that, this. was that a decision on your part or was that? I, you know, I think that's just how it was assembled. Um, okay. Yeah. Because I, I, I approved different parts of the trade. But I honestly don't know if I got to see a final PDF of everything together before it went to the printer. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, that was a little bit of a surprise to me because I think I might have put breaks in between each chapter just because I structured the story around those climaxes of each mm -hmm. issue. Gotcha. And um, you can kind of guess, right? Like, yeah. like you can make a, a pretty good guess to most part. Like, that feels like the, the start of a new issue or whatever. But yeah. still, I don't like just shooting <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm glad it works um, one way or the other. Some people, you know, it works one way for them and some are not. I was, I was going through this morning and I was, you know, I had noticed that when I saw the trade. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. I wonder how some of these moments land differently. Um, like we when we even get to like the climax of issue four, I'm like it's almost one of those moments I feel needs a blank page afterwards, and that's when Evie gets stabbed. Mm. Uh, spoilers, but I guess we're going page by page, so spoilers oh, I mean, already went yeah, out. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah we're going to spoil the hell out of this. Uh, book, yeah, so, so I mean yeah. that was one of those moments for like big moments like that. I feel almost need a blank page. You need to, to take have a, a moment to absorb it. Yeah. Because you guys read Saga, right? I, oh, I was yeah. just gonna bring up like how I was like how Saga does like just like two or three black pages sometimes. Yeah, the the issue uh, that where um, uh, Alana or yeah, it's Alana uh, lost her baby. Well, the miscarriage. The miscarriage. I and cried. It went, oh my god, that is the most gut wrenching <laughs> scene I ever. Cried. And 
unlike you know it reading feels so it, real right reading it in single issues usually you have the end and then you have a couple pages of letters and then image previews and you hit that page and it is six black pages until you turn to the last page of, of like the back cover yeah and it was just one of the most emotionally you just, you just devastating to just moments sit, yeah. yeah there's nothing to take your attention off of like no. oh that was sad oh coming out next month like yeah, there was exactly. none of that it was just like i'm just left That's to just sit here now. with this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it is so yeah i think moments like that and not necessarily i you know i, I could only wish to be brian k vaughn but just Every moment, every now and then I, need, I felt like a moment like that needs just a moment longer to absorb before you flip to the next page and like, oh, you know, either things have changed or we've cut away or something like that. I get so, that. A breather kind of. Yeah. yeah. That, that's fair. Okay. So, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to go through this thing. The, the first thing that pops in my mind, I always think, because this, this cover, which is the cover of the first issue as well that you guys use for the cover of the trade. I, I love this image so much <laughs> because it was probably, what, five or six months? Maybe uh, maybe not that much. Maybe three or four months before triage had even been like solicited and stuff that you had sent me this picture. That you're like, yeah. you want to see what I'm working on? And I was just <laughs> like, that you know, just, just, the, just this image. And it was like no context at all. But I was like, that looks awesome. I love... <laughs> the design of the hunter so much i need that action figure so quickly um so yeah every time i see it it just it immediately like oh because it was just so like because this doesn't give you anything you know what i mean it's yeah. far it's just a cool image and mm-hmm. i just remember be like what the well, hell then is you this got book all the be? stuff in the background you got the brain and the screaming cliff with the eyes <laughs> and it's there's a lot of weird stuff going on yeah yeah and i i really love uh, the really vibrant colors that you use a lot through this. Thank you. Um, and I, I, it also makes it really nice too. In in certain spots when you do like flashback stuff where the colors change, because mm-hmm. it, it really grabs your attention. Where it's like, oh, this is uh, like really different. The colors are kind of a little more muted, and they're yeah. not kind of um, like a sepia. Yeah, yeah. that looks uh, that looks really good. So I guess we should get into get get into the book itself. So sure, this triage again. We're gonna spoil the shit out of all of it. Um, <laughs> Dark Horse, Philip Seavey. Uh, you should probably shout out your your uh, letterer since yeah. So Frank, he's Vit- the one guy that's not you. Yeah, Frank Vitkovic, um lettered the book, and Frank is amazing. He lettered the house as well, the horror book I did with Drew Zucker. It's also um, a great. And book. He's lettered yeah. a couple pitches and other things for me over the years. So I love working with Frank. Uh, Megan Walker was my editor, and I have to give mad shout out to Megan. She's amazing. Um, she's you know got the book approved on like almost nothing. Mm-hmm. When I pitched it to her, I showed her the uh, three character sketches of the three main characters and I rambled to like a, a really rough paragraph of what I wanted to do and she was like that sounds cool write that down and send it to me so literally she got it approved with three character sketches and a paragraph wow. in the ugliest pitch I've ever put together <laughs> aesthetically for like your first series all yeah. by yourself yeah <laughs> like I pitched other things that hadn't been approved in this weird little min, uh, mini pitch um, and then um, Fernando Arguello um, uh, did all my flats Oh, okay. Uh, and I got he has credited in the book. Um, I got to give him a shout. He did phenomenal work. And there were pages I would send to him where I'm like, sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I drew every single little like box in the world on this page. So he did a fantastic job. Right. So first page, we meet Evie here. She's she's our main protagonist. Do we need to give like a recap of what this book's about first? Um, or are I mean, we going to trust everyone's already read it? For, we're, the, we're hoping so. If okay, cool. it, and I, all I can hope is that if you haven't read it, then we explain it enough as we go there that we you go. can follow it. That or at least that, that's the goal here. Um, Evie's a nurse. I really like a lot of the inner monologue stuff that you do with her because it's it, a lot of it's very relatable stuff where it's a lot of times it's like, where, where's my role in this? Who am I? I don't really, you know, and I don't know if like, it's hard to say like if it, what you would consider like I guess like the theme of the overall book that's sure. what I, that's what I took away from the most is like what's my place who am I yeah and at the end she does find her place in the story 
Um, like she, and then she feels, she fills a role that she finally, you know, feels like she earned it and whatever, but that I yeah. find this stuff really relatable. Cause I think a lot of people just go through similar things where it's like, you know, she has a job that she likes and she's good at it. And, and she talks about that, you know, it's all she's ever wanted to do, but she's not happy doing it. Yeah. I mean, if you can't relate to that, I think most people in their mundane lives, mm. you know, most people feel a little bit of that wear and tear you know yeah, yeah. you set the tone pretty early <laughs> by having this woman get urinated on the first page um which i, I you might just want to just refresh because i think we talked about this uh when we did the, the the podcast before but we were just the book hadn't come out yet so we sure. were just really kind of um but I, I think you you were willing to spoil this because you talked about this was a story that had happened to your wife right yeah yeah so in the book evie is a labor and delivery nurse and uh so is my wife um, and Evie's not based on my wife, but I wanted to use some of the interactions and experiences she's had. The stories to make I'm this sure feel, she's probably had. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like she can make a dog gag. Like the oh. stories she have are so <laughs> gross to the point where like it's oh, our so regular good. dinner table conversation. We've been together over 15 years now. Um, I'm sure the kids love that too. Yeah, Labor like, and delivery <laughs> is not a glamorous thing. <laughs> we will we'll get around people every now and then that aren't used to this stuff and they will just be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, it would not be the first time where we, you know, my wife hasn't loudly said the word vagina in a Chili's. Um, so um, anyway, yeah. So like this, this is a moment. This is taken from an, a, an instance that happened to her with her least favorite patient of all time. Oh, okay. Um, and as I talked about this page where a patient like purposefully coughs and to, uh, to pee on the nurse that mm. who's trying to put a catheter and people are like, well, you know, it was a cough. You can't control a cough. I was like, I tried to make it clear like this person like purposefully was just like. This was very well, yeah, because I mean, she tells you like, like you can hold it, just hold on. Yeah. Like, if you can talk to me long enough to say that you have to cough, then you like you're you're fine. You're you're, yeah. you're gonna live. But um, <laughs> yeah, so that one's this is all a hundred like the a lot of the dialogue and everything. It's straight. Uh, that's the last panel is the best because it's just like that look of defeat on her face. Evie is being suspended, and there there was there was like an altercation with another doctor or whatever that they talk about changing records or changing paperwork and stuff and the, mm. the other woman tells her that you know doctors have the ability to do that and that she's going to be sent home on leave and then we kind of jump here to where we get to meet orbit and going to see her universe orbit. and stuff she's my favorite i love orbit <laughs> yeah she's my favorite um love the cockiness yeah i love the fact that like she just has to like keep her mind like you guys realize i'm a superhero right like, <laughs> like, this like, is what the, i do like yeah i don't know if you realize but like i'm pretty sweet like, i'm strong <laughs> i can fly <laughs> she was yeah of the characters i think she was probably my funnest uh to write just because of that attitude mm-hmm. i know you know that in development that was very one of those things like all right these are the same person but how do i how do they how do i make them sound distinct yeah um and and um they're all authentic. very different characters yeah, they yeah. Are. Like, oh, yeah. they're yeah. all of they're all copies of yeah. but they're very different they're you can clones. tell the difference they're clones. yeah, yeah. Clones. Oh, no. <laughs> they're not <clones>. that again because <laughs> uh, i mean they're all molded by their experiences right and they've all very lived so. completely different lives oh, yeah. so that yeah they're definitely not the same person at all yeah and you you do a good job establishing who she is very quickly by having her kind of be adored by her fans and everything <laughs> to quickly kind of turn around and like oh yeah she's she's you know He's peasants yeah <laughs> pretty she's, much is what she says yeah she has a great line about being able to like wash the pour off of her yeah. or whatever the smell of pour off of her. oh yeah i was like oh man I, I, she's gonna be an asshole we gotta have an asshole oh yeah it's so much fun it, to it, write it, an it asshole. makes me think of and not not at all trying to like imply that you like stole it from this or whatever but there's a great uh issue of ultimate spider-man okay um in bendis prime 
Crime <laughs> <laughs> Bendis. And uh, in in the Ultimate Universe, that version of Craven the Hunter they did was like a reality TV star. Oh, yes, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Now, um, yeah. Where he's coming to America to come track down the Spider Man, and they, they they do a scene pretty similar to that where he's like, everyone's like, Craven, we love you, whatever, and like he gets in a limo thing kind of thing where it's like. I hate these people. Like, <laughs> every single one. Of them. And it was, I, that's just one of those things that, like, always stuck to me. So, like, when I saw it again, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, like it's, it's more just like, oh, it's a great thing to do. <laughs> it works. It works on every level. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And uh, what is this? Like, technically, we're three pages in. The little girl who hands, or four pages in, the little girl who hands her the uh, coin was modeled after my daughter. I had her pose for reference shots. Oh, did you really? Uh-huh. Yeah. She was even wearing those boots as she wore that. She was wearing like a t shirt <laughs> nice. and shorts. But That's I had to throw her boots in there. She was very, very uh, excited and, and proud of herself to be one of my reference models <laughs> nice. for this page. <laughs> Out of all the different versions of EV2, I think Orbitz is, her design is the one that's the most striking to me. And I don't know if it's just because I love the use of color and she's just got so many different colors yeah. going on. Yeah. Love the pink hair. Yeah, and then like like the bunny ears thing is really, really cool with the jacket. The bunny ears jacket is a thing everyone loves and it was the last minute edition that I did. Really? I mean, of the characters, uh, Evie I nailed right off the bat, obviously. She's very uh, normal. Marco, I think I got her design the first time through Orbit. I did probably 30 different variations of her. Wow. Um, just trying to find like color schemes and then how much design work on her body and like some on her toes, no toes, boots, no boots, gloves, mm-hmm. no gloves. And poor David Stoll, who you guys know, the uh, metaphorical her artist, Love I would David. send him like 55 different versions. Like Dave, which one of these work? I've, <laughs> I've done so many versions, I can't tell. What a crappy um, position to put David into. Like, <laughs> oh. here's, choose one of these 55. <laughs> That's what we do to each other. Oh. Um, and yeah, so I, I'd, I'd settled on her design and I think I did some tweaking a couple more times. And then I think I was scrolling through Pinterest and I found like a really cool um, like uh, it was like a manga drawing and it had like some sort of bunny ears on the outfit the person okay. was wearing. And I was like, let me just add a jacket with bunny ears and see what happens. Um, and it took her out of um, Spider-Gwen, which she's inspired by Spider-Gwen a little aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I that think it sense. moved her away from that a little bit more to have a jacket. And then the bunny ears were just like a fun little tweak that everyone really reacted to. Everyone wants that jacket. So. It really works because it's like, she her look feels very superhero. Yeah. It, it's it's it earns the the world that she comes from, but it also like the jacket also kind of gives her a little bit more of like that casual because that's also kind of her personality too. Mm-hmm. Where it's like she takes herself seriously, but not that seriously. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like it, it also works with the personality that you gave her okay. that she wears a jacket. So I like that, Marco feels like a, like a lead character of like a video game like, yeah. like, like okay. i need to i need I play uh, to play as her yeah <laughs> but this world it looks like the worst thing you could ever <laughs> you could ever see um it's a lot of like just uh, i don't know i guess what would you say like scavenger people like there's just nothing Pretty much yeah. left a lot of people just trying to survive and yeah. and she explains it more later on that they've you know kind of split off into these tribes and they've done different things but uh the world they show you very early on is just that it sucks. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's basically. I do it. like the twist of this world, though. I, oh, I, yeah. Yeah, that was so cool. A twist. Oh, good. I'm glad I, that twist I wasn't landed. <laughs> yeah, there's so many little things here and there you do as a, as a writer being like, I hope people understand what I'm doing or hope this works or I hope this lands. And, and then, honestly, I, I don't know because you don't get. I mean, you'll get feedback occasionally from people being like, that was awesome. But I don't ever get to sit down and be like, go through everything with me. By the time the last <laughs> issue comes out, I think I got two reviews entirely. Of this the is going to be great. The way it goes. This is going to be a great experience. So, yeah, this will be, this will be my like, <laughs> did this work or not? <laughs> um, we find out that Evie is uh, gay and mm-hmm. she, we get to meet Tabitha. She calls her Tab through the book. Um, 
and just kind of they're they're back and forth. I, I really like especially this first page. I think it establishes their relationship really well because they are kind of playful with each other. You can tell they care about each other. Um, I know this is kind of a a, a conversation we had once before. Sure. Um, be, and, and people that listen to this podcast know that I repeat a phrase constantly when we're talking about these books that everything mm-hmm. is a choice, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. when you're when you're so um, choosing to have the the main character of the book be a woman which you are not obviously right no and then i'll also be gay which you are also not right so um i guess where do those decisions come from and then how do you get into the headspace of a gay woman as sure. a straight man yeah you know that's, that's a really good question it's a straight a, white man too straight white man. <laughs> um i think the first question about choice is really true and I, like i'm I, so i teach a lot of comics courses online and in the past at colleges and that was one of the things i always emphasize with my students is um when you choose to do things, make they make sure they are conscious choices so that if someone ever questions you or wants to know about it, you can show them kind of the mastery of the things that you do. Don't just mm-hmm. do things because like, oh, that's cool or that's what I always do. Yeah. And I think as a writer, that's always important to examine. Like, I designed this character to be this way. Did I do it because it fits the story? Is there a purpose or is it because I always do a tall, skinny white guy, which is yeah. like always what I go to, which turns out is kind of what I am, or at least what I used to be. <laughs> Age and Corona, you know, massacres the waistline a little bit. But um, how dare you? Like, yeah. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> um, so yeah, so in with with Evie, like, um, and the kind of the, the cast of this book, it was just one of those things that, that felt really right and and authentic to the story. Um, to have to to have a, a woman leading the story, um, and then just you know, I, I for a while there was trying to develop like what relationships does she have, mm-hmm. and then like who are these people, and and what do they do, and in trying to question like you know how do I approach things, and and am I approaching them in a way that is representative of the world around me, mm-hmm. or am I approaching them in a way that is just representative of my experience, which are two different things. Um, um, we experience only a small fraction of the world around us, um, and I remember I think I was in New York. Yeah, it was New York Comic Con in 2018, I think. I was like walking down the ramp to get onto my flight at JFK, and that's when Tab hit me. Like it was one of those like her name is Tab, and I all of a sudden she's in she's an Afghan vet, and and you know, I wanted to have a character. I you know I wanted LGBTQ representation in the book because um, I feel that's very important. Was that pretty early on? Like very early okay. on, and I think that's kind of a staple for anything that if I'm writing it, and even if I'm just involved, I want to make sure that there is. LGBTQ representation. I look back at someone like me growing up in a very conservative Christian um, community, uh, especially you know going through the 90s was extremely homophobic uh, mm-hmm. in how I was raised and even some of the opinions and attitudes that I thought I had. Right. We all grew up in Utah, too. So, yeah, well, I actually grew up in California, oh, that's right, but I grew did. up, right, I grew up right. Mormon in California. So I was in a very small mm-hmm. Mormon community, even regardless of the contradiction, people like Mormon in California. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember like I was a huge fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I'm stepping back a little bit to try to get to the point. Sure. And I remember in season four when uh, Willow came out and started a relationship with Tara. And I think that was the first time like a character that I was emotionally connected to came out on screen. And obviously that challenged a lot of my worldview things at the time. And it was like this weird inner turmoil. I was like, wait, something's like, I see this here in front of me. um, And it's different than how I've been taught. So like, there's this weird, there's this difference out there Mm -hmm. that I need to understand. Um, And obviously, you know, as as time's gone on, I have lots of uh, friends in the community. But I also realized regardless of whether I know people or not, there's just, they are people. Sure. Um, and and I realized it definitely helps yeah. though, right? Because you have yeah. a couple people to kind of you hear their stories and stuff, and it's exactly because like you were saying, it's like 
you those are experiences that you or I don't have. Exactly. Some of the the problems that people within the LGBT community deal mm-hmm. with, right? So it obviously helps if you have some of those people that can kind of share. Very much so. You know, and realizing that things with like with Buffy and Dawson's Creek was another one that oh, I think um, Kara Smith's character came out, I think in season three as gay. Um, what a wonderful and, time the 90s was. <laughs> love 90s shows. Um, but like I look back at these, these, um, these media portrayals that introduced me to LGBTQ characters that I was not... Um, that I didn't experience in my real, in my personal life at the mm-hmm. time. I, at the time, I didn't know anyone that was gay. Um, and it was just like, you know, stories have the potential to expose people to situations and people and experiences that they otherwise wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like as a storyteller, it's very much my responsibility to to um, make sure there is representation and diversity in my stories so that a kid somewhere who lives in a community that potentially is very closeted or very homophobic or doesn't have the interactions with people of color mm. or, or LGBTQ people or other things can maybe through a story come to understand the humanity of people who are different. You feel like you challenge them a little bit? Like you have kind of an obligation to challenge their... Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's something that needs to be challenged, I more so just want to put it out there. Um, and as it relates to this, I realized that like, you know, my... my my responsibility, I feel, as a storyteller, someone who's a, a straight, cis, white guy, um, it's not my, I, I don't feel it's my place to tell stories that are about the experience of being gay, mm-hmm. but I think it's very important to have characters in my story who are gay so that it is there yeah. um, to make my stories representative of the world around them. I'm not going to tell a story of like a 16 year old girl coming out or something like that. That's not my place or yeah. experience to tell. I don't understand that. That'd be hard to do level. because you haven't lived it, right? Yeah. And it would be, it would be weird and kind of appropriate. I'd be appropriating that story from someone mm-hmm. who could do a much more authentic job, but that doesn't mean I should only write straight white guys. Sure. I'm like, I need to populate my characters in the stories I tell with the diversity of the world around me because that's what the world's around. And, you know, it's like uh, we, you look back at Alien, um, Sigourney Weaver's character Ripley was originally written as a man and they mm-hmm. just cast her instead. And she's awesome. Way and, more badass than any man was going to be in that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's not when I wrote these characters, I wasn't thinking like, how would a woman feel about this? I was like, how would this person in this situation with this background and with these feelings think and react? And I feel... That truth is about the best I can do, and hopefully mm-hmm. it works out and, and it resonates with people without feeling like I'm coming in to try and tell someone's story. Because, I mean, like, to your point, like, Evie being gay in this book is not her story, right? It, it, it's a it's part more, of who it, she is, but it's... It, yeah, yeah, but it's not really, like, it's not part of her journey or anything, whatever. Right. It's just another piece of the puzzle of kind of who she is, but it's not mm-hmm. examined or anything in this book. And, like, her... Yeah. I don't think they really even mention much of her coming out of her then she no, just talked yeah, about how her, like her mother was fine like tab's yep. mother was not yep mm-hmm. but it's not it's something that's spent very little time on because yep. it's not like that there's a, there's other things going on here this just happens to be who this person is yeah so yeah. and i think i mean i don't want to speak for people but i feel people who are uh underrepresented minorities want to be seen as people who these, these are uh parts of who they are but mm-hmm. not they're not defined by this they're people first yeah right exactly and i, I think, have to say i really appreciate that because that's a girl who was raised by two mothers like that was just my normal yeah so when as i grew up and i realized people it wasn't their normal Mm -hmm. and people didn't like my normal of having two moms it was like i just appreciate having like two leading ladies that are together and then i really like evie's relationship with her mom Uh, no that's awesome and i'm glad i appreciate the fact that they're both very attractive women but they're not supermodels (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, which is just a thing that i've just kind of really grown tired like isn't it just like cute 
women in comics. You know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. like they're not all like tense, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I think I think people, comics readers, uh, like diversity, and like you know, not everyone yes. has to look like. Oh, I don't. I was going to throw some arty artists under the, under the bus. I'm Just not going say to image but, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like <laughs> one one ideal is not everyone's ideal. We all like different looks. We like different Look, shapes. If we you like, like Lob Reifeld, like... then that's fine. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, cause I feel like you get much more diversity with men characters in comics. Like sometimes you'll have, like, a chubbier guy. And then, like, you know, but, like, women, I feel like a lot of times in comics are very, like, always drop dead gorgeous yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you know, and that's, I think that was one of the, the downsides. And this is speaking, like, looking at truthfully, like, having the story revolving around the same character from multiple um, points of view, you end up with a little bit of a homogeneity of characters. Like I wish I could have worked a little bit. I mean, and with, with Tabitha being ex-military, I felt a muscular build felt better. I was like, I wish I had a little bit more variance in body sizes in main characters. But as it is, there was like four main characters, and I felt like that was packing so much crap into this book. It so is. next and time I'll do it a little bit different. So <laughs> and it's and it's hard because there's there's a lot, there's are a few things in this book that I wish we could have dove deeper yeah. into. But again, like you said, there there's so many things that you're trying to do. Like oh, Tabitha, no. especially, is a character that I love. And especially when we kind of later on, we do get a little more of her background stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I wish we had a little bit more and we could have went a little deeper yeah. into things. And it's just one of those things like that. It wasn't her story, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it, I just it's like, I guess that's just it's more credit to you for writing a character <laughs> that I wanted to learn more. Well, that's about, good. Right. Yeah, I appreciate that. And no. Yeah. No, everything was it was it was purposely designed to be dense. Because I, you know, I grew up reading comics. Like I came into comics in the early '90s, where things were just crazy, right? You guys were read an what X-Men a wonderful 90s time to be alive. I've, yeah. I've gone on this before. You guys know how much I love cable, and cable <laughs> '90s cable is insane. So I wanted to, I wanted to pack every issue as much as possible, so make people feel like they got value for the issue they read. I want it to be as like, you know, what could happen on the next page. I want every page to feel like something crazy different could happen, and I can't quite expect and keep on my toes because I wanted it to feel like. A comic I read as a kid where every page was like, holy shit, <laughs> like they just killed Professor X back in time and now the whole timeline's reworked and uh, that craziness. That's kind of what I wanted to do. So yeah, because of it, I was like, I had to pack so much stuff in on purpose, but uh, yeah, I wish I could have had a little bit more time. Was there ever a version of you triage where- more time, right? <sighs> Seriously, yes. <laughs> was there ever a version where it was more than six issues or five issues or was it always, um, was it always going to be- Five yeah, so when I and this will be a little bit uh, in secrets that I don't know if I've talked about too much, but when I pitched it to my editor, I pitched it as a trilogy of like uh, miniseries. Okay, uh, and this is the first one. Um, and she, uh, she was like, "Dark Horse works best with four, maybe five issues." I was like, "If you could get me five, that would be great," because I don't know how to tell this first story in four issues. Yeah. So I got five, and be I was hard. super stoked because most everyone else I know was getting series approved at four issues. Every page is like precious real estate, man. Yes. With with five issues Very to tell a so. complete story. <laughs> so Evie goes to sleep, <clears throat> and she, she has this conversation with Tabitha. She's mm-hmm. tired and everything. She could take a nap or whatever, and she wakes up in this place. It's it's all. Feels very like space stationy, I guess. Um, there's planets, so space. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, the, but I'm like, I'm like, like the, the room the that the room that she wakes up in, right? Yep. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, she goes outside. There's all kinds of bonkers nonsense just going <laughs> <laughs> crazy everywhere. Um, and then Marco's the one that we meet first. I love like her like helmet thing that she has on. Yeah, she's cool. Very badass. <laughs> It almost feels like she could, she like 
was like a Tuscan Raider that like graduated, <laughs> like that became some other badass level. That's like works. a book. <laughs> yeah, I just found like a cool gas mask that yeah. someone had designed, and I was like, I like that because I needed to find a way to keep their faces covered a little bit longer mm-hmm. from introducing them, so you didn't quite know the hook that they're all the same person, yeah, quite yet. And so they mean it's very much that like, who are you? Who are you? You know, <laughs> and everybody gets defensive. Uh, I I also like that you do again because. When, when you have three characters that are all alternate versions of the same character, uh-huh. you have to diversify them not only in their clothes, but like you, you make their hair very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's you, you never in this book are like, is that Orbit? No, that's you. like you never do that. <laughs> right. It's it, they're very clearly set. Um, there's this older woman that's with them where she's like, you know, it's it's kind of that thing of like. Come with me. We don't have time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Come with yeah. me if you want to live. It's yeah. very much a Terminator moment. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the, the setup of like every awesome movie you ever watched. Um, and a lot of booms destructions happen. going yep. on. Yeah. Did you guys catch that the older woman is an older version of Evie? Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I didn't the, the first time. Okay. Um, that was something that came later. It's something when I was looking at her on this panel, actually, and I went, I went back and I was like, no, they have the same eyes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Trying to do multiple characters that are identical is a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I literally I had a 3D modeler model Evie and Tabitha's heads um, so I could use them as reference at all angles. I mean, Tabitha, just because I wanted to keep her consistent. Um, and I just wanted a 3D model of Tabitha's head. Um, yeah. Put along hair, we didn't mention head. that Tabitha has the best hair at all. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even mention that. Um, and yeah, so yeah, trying to keep them. But then, yeah, trying to make sure that they look distinct but also different. still similar enough to where they didn't look like a different person yeah. it was, when they're all standing side by side it's very oh. clear like they're all like like if you didn't know you'd like they're sisters or something or okay. they're like or they're twi- you know what i mean yeah. like you would assume <laughs> um hunter shows up he's chasing them they they, they killed the older lady they well she, well, she doesn't die she's right dying on the spot but yeah help. she's dying yep Again, man, the design for the hunters. So the other two are like, cool. "Let's go get him," and she's like, "Wait, oh. hello." <laughs> yeah, hunter took a little bit of work to get right. <sighs> I just, I don't know. I, there's, some, there's awesome. something about like faceless things too yeah. that just, I don't know. I've always liked. I dig that look. It's just again, it's like that. That's an action figure, man. It just looks so so also, good. like the angular, like you could have just done like a round. Okay, yeah. Helmet, mm-hmm. but I like the angles on it. Oh, thanks. They were difficult to figure out how they looked in different <laughs> dimensions. I was like, what does that look like from this angle? One thing, I'll back up just a second here. Um, like the whole hunters, like, you know, they come with me if you want to live. Mm-hmm. I think originally that's where issue one ended. Um, and I, I, I was fighting a problem. Like I went back and I read, I'm like, what are some really good first issues? Like mm-hmm. the first issue of Grant Morrison's new X-Men run and the first issue of Saga and the first issue of Why the Last Man and the first issue of Wicked and Divine and like, really good first issues um i'm like what do they do because i'll read you know i read lots of first issues we all Mm -hmm. do yeah and there's there's kind of like the standard like introduce the character's world exposition blah 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 and on the last page they give you a splash page with the hook of the story but i'm like that's kind of a little lame and generic Mm -hmm. because like you get that from the solicit um, like, you know, the like if Saga was written by a, a lesser writer, mm-hmm. like it would have ended right. Like when you find out that, you know, I don't know, they have the kid together, like page eight. You know, yeah. She's in labor early on. And like by five pages and you find out they're warring sides of the world and they're on the run and they would have ran like, oh, we got to run. And that's where that issue would have ended. That issue went on for 32 more pages and yeah. established everything in the world. So I was like, all right, I got to find a way to not end it. I'm like, that's that's the solicit. Where can I go a little bit further to engage them? Not just the hook, but move the story into action. And how do I do that? And that took 
quite a while. It was very comfortable to end on the like, you know, you're all the same person and you're getting chased and we have mm-hmm. to go. And oh, yeah. originally the fight scene with Hunter was longer and it was more involved and, and whatnot. And I kind of, you know, through through critiques of myself and really good feedback from people, I I chopped it up and pushed really hard to kind of just get it going a little bit more mm-hmm. um, before we end the first issue. So that, again, people aren't just like, well, that was just what I read in the preview mm-hmm. or like <laughs> that's what he talked about in the interview. Like, what can we do that, you know, tries to get a little bit past mm-hmm. just the idea of what this book is? I think it's like pretty rare that like people like more often than not, people are going to say like, I like this, but that went on a little too long, more so than like, oh, I wish this went on a little longer. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I feel like it's always easier to like, trim up a little bit more because it's probably it's probably for the best like if you think you can cut it cut it i guess you know yeah the one that pops in my head the most and i don't know if it's just because we've been doing it on the podcast but is is watchmen for the first issue like because we've been doing an issue by issue analysis of watchmen um because mary's never read it okay um so she's read up to issue of i think five at this point um but because um, every time I've ever read it has always been, you know, basically maybe not all at once, but like all within a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. So reading it one issue at a time every month as we do these reviews, like that first issue, I appreciated so much when we did the first podcast because it was like, this is like, it's like a it's near perfect so first good. issue. It oh. establishes the world and all of the characters so mm-hmm. well in that first issue. Everything is so well set yeah. up. Mm-hmm. The mystery is there mm-hmm. and you feel like you get a good chunk of who all of those people are yeah. in those, you know, what is it? 34 pages or whatever it is. Um, yeah, so that, that that was the first one that came to my head. It was like, what's really good in like number one issues? And it's like, you know, obviously Watchmen. So what I'm hearing Tyler say is, why isn't this Watchmen? Yeah. <laughs> why That's isn't really every comic Watchmen? Um, the, other thing, the other thing I noticed, too, is because I remember when we had talked to you when the, when the Freeze was coming out, which you did with Dan at oh my Image God, and Topcow. Are you doing more Freeze? <laughs> I we, loved that book. Dan and I it would like good. to. Um, it's, at this point, it's just we're waiting to see if Topcow... Uh, asks us to do more. Gotcha. Every time I get a tweet about someone, I'm, I just basically yeah, reply I got, I got to a, poor Matt Hawkins and be like, ask Matt. <laughs> I got a bone to pick with Dan too because he told us straight up on the podcast. He's like, yeah, if we don't get more, it's a complete story. I read that last issue. I was like, fuck you. It's a complete story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so going into this one, even though I pitched it as a bigger story to my editor, I was like, we need, I'm like, I, not we, I, I say yeah. we is the royal we because by myself, it sounds yeah. weird talking about myself. The council I'm like, films, I right? need to make sure that if this book never gets another issue people will feel like okay that was a story that was how it was supposed to be like there will still be questions out there but i wanted it to for sure to end in a satisfying way especially coming off the freeze where it ends on a cliffhanger (laughs) and i didn't know the scripts ahead of time on the freeze and i enjoyed that book i enjoyed the hell out of the book and part of it was the surprise of like what happens in the next issue as i get it and as i'm Mm -hmm. drawing it but yeah i think when i first got the script from dan i was like oh we need to we need to close a couple more of these holes Mm -hmm. some of them were still question marks we we tied up a couple plot ends more than initially had come out than the (laughs) initial first draft so but anyway the reason i brought up the freeze point at the point i was going to make is that uh we talked when when the freeze was coming out that that was the first time not the first time but like the first time i think you like professionally had colored yourself Mm -hmm. other than like paradox and sort of things you had done anyway so and and I, i thought you did a really good job on the freeze i thought it looked very good um i think the jump from the freeze to this is like night and day like the, the coloring on it it, it oh, i don't know if it's just like you learn so much from the freeze doing it and again not that that book is badly colored by any means no, but it's just, just like colored very like, differently th- yeah. this one looks 
just to me like miles above where it's like the coloring on this looks so good like like i would never guess that this was only like your second go around really (laughs) of like coloring yourself you know what i mean it it looks really really good do you do you do this the old-fashioned way or do you do do you use computer programs uh, it's a little bit of both so with triage um i pencil digitally would print it onto the dark horse board ink it traditionally scan it back in and then color it in photoshop okay yeah Hmm. so i think the freeze i did 100 percent digital um, this one, I wanted the original art. At first, I was like, I'll just do the first issue with original art in case, you know, on the off chance it becomes a hit, then I'll have original art to sell. Oh, and then after I finished that first issue, I was like, oh, I'm just going to do this whole thing by hand, which tremendously, I think, slowed me down on the book. But at the same time, I have all, whatever, 110, 114 pages nice. of the book. Isn't that cool to have? It's kind of cool to have. Yeah, I, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's I've had people ask, are you going to sell those pages? And I was like, I love this book I was to one death. of those people. Yeah, you asked me. And I was like... If it was a bigger hit and I had more demand, I probably would. But mm-hmm. I don't want to put the pages out there to have like four pages bought or yeah. six pages bought when I'm like, I could just have all the pages. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I wasn't going to be able to sell a majority of them, I was going to keep them. And that's kind of what I ended up at this point. I've fallen on the side of and it was <laughs> yeah. kind of your baby, right? It was, it was very much, you, my baby, you know, yeah. your pet project that was yours, you know, for the most part by yourself. Yeah. On a on a mini series and stuff. So, yeah, the fight goes on. Mm hmm. Evie's the only one that's uh, at all concerned about about the old woman, which um, again it speaks to her. Like, right, she's a nurse; she takes care of people, and, and and she talks about that throughout the book. That like that's and that's kind of the realization she comes to at the mm-hmm. end of the book is I am here to help to yep. help people. Yep. That's kind of the answer to her. What am I doing here? It gave me a chance to set up like Marco is a protector. Um, Evie is, you know, is is a helper, and you know, um, at this point, Orbit's just very self obsessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as we later on disown, she's the offender. Marco's mm-hmm. a defender. Orbit's an offender, and Evie is support, help, you know, mm-hmm. nurturing, the healer, the healer. She's the healer. Yep. <laughs> also, in this fight, you have to establish how uh, powerful the hunter is, right? So that, yes. that, that's why you have to use some exposition here, talking about like he just can't take a hit or whatever, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> But, it, you know, that's those, those are little things that, like, you, you have to let us know, like, this is how big the threat is that we're going to yeah. be dealing with for the rest of the book. Um, And so before the old woman dies, she she gets a couple words to Evie where she's like talking about the wristbands and the, they all have to press them at the same time. And the, there's there's a whole thing that's it. It's very it was a thing I had to keep coming back to. OK, because I, I kind of kept feeling like I'm going to understand more of what <laughs> she said later on in the book, which okay. which I did. OK, but it was one of those things I had to keep repeating because I'm like, I feel like this isn't going to be important. <laughs> Well, um, so oh, there's a whole group of uh, creative friends and I and Dave's one of them and Ryan, Katie, and I, we get together once a year in Colorado or wherever and go to on a retreat for a weekend and we all read each other's scripts and give each other feedback. And and I brought in all five issues of all five scripts of triage and I had mm-hmm. maybe, was much, maybe eight pages in drawing it. So super early. Uh, and that was one of the feedback I got. And it's funny, like if that if you had to keep going back to this, I had like way more complications oh, going wow. on that I introduced <laughs> in this first year and through the whole thing. And I had people who were like, dude, you got to simplify this. Like you don't need to add these five more complications to the plot. Like these weird. So like, you had her given like a monologue. Yeah, like, I had weird MacGuffins. <laughs> I had like they had to track down like the the triangular uh, symbol, which becomes important for Evie's realization, was mm-hmm. like a much larger MacGuffin where they had to find pieces of this you know, machine to build oh, together. Okay. I really liked how that just like, just kind of fell into place yeah. at the end. I yeah. like how that just kind of eased in. And Yeah. I think yeah. the rewrite and finding a way to do that. I like much, much better, but initially it was like, 
yeah, everyone was like, dude, it's like, you don't need to be this damn complicated. Like, I'm losing <laughs> every you, thread Scott trying Snyder? to follow it. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you are, CB? <laughs> so, yeah, so I had to go back and majorly gut and rewrite a bunch of this stuff. But they gave me such good feedback, and it's such in a better shape than it was. And that was one thing I realized about myself. My natural inclination is to overcomplicate everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so that helps. So, yeah, it was much more complicated than that to begin with. This is the streamlined version. <laughs> Evie wakes up in her bed, and it's mm-hmm. very much like the, oh, oh. Okay, you know, that was a a thing that happened, you know, and uh, Tava comes in and she's like, you know, what the hell? And it's like, what, 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 what? And it's like, why are there these people in our, (laughs) you know, and that's the, that's the last page of issue one right there. So see, it'd be so nice if there was like some sort of a indicator of some kind. No, so they actually, (laughs) if you look at the original single issues, there's like triage who am i part one to be continued on here like yeah. they took all the graphics oh, of that off okay. which yeah. i didn't notice till today looking at it closer going page by page i was like oh they took like because mm-hmm. at the end of at last page of every issue they would have because the subtitle of the book is who am i they would mm-hmm. have that and then part whatever and then to be continued and be right here right there that's why there's yep. a bunch of blank gotcha. space right there gotcha. <laughs> so yeah if you go back to the singles yeah they, they took some of that and i, and I get stuff. taking out like the yeah. to be continued stuff like that, that all makes sense i was yeah. like all right that makes sense it does um, it does leave like that really obviously weird open space right in there <laughs> but that's why it's there this is kind of what i mentioned earlier when when you change the coloring up yeah and pages like these and it, it it definitely makes for like a nice change it's very striking when you when you first see it's like oh this is different um but it doesn't like it, it, it lets you know that you're in a different place or a different time yeah but it also doesn't take away it doesn't feel like it's a different artist or a different but you know what i mean it yeah. still feels and the characters still look the same and everything but it, i just kind of like that it's you know, I guess similar to like in a TV show, it's like, oh, it's a flashback, so it's in black and white or whatever, yeah, right? Maybe. But this yeah. is not that. It's just the the colors are a little a little more muted, but I, I like it. it has a, almost like a watercolor feel to me. Yeah. So I colored these all the flashback pages. I colored in. So I draw in Clip Studio Paint, mm-hmm. um, which is a, the best drawing program ever. And I color in Photoshop because Photoshop's really really great. But Clip Studio introduced this new feature right as I was drawing this book. That's a colorize option where you just scribble a couple colors and you click colorize and based on the the reference image, which is the line art, it'll kind of fill it out into areas in like mm-hmm. this really cool watercolor area. So that's yeah. how I colored these pages. Oh, okay. I would just scribble in like where the basic colors were. I'd click colorize. It would kind of mix everything together and then use the lines I created as shapes. And then I would go back in and fill it out and change things here and there and adjust. But kind it was like fine tune it up. Yeah, cool. it was a way of approaching to get a very different feel. That, that I didn't have to reinvent the wheel because that first page of triage I colored mm-hmm. separately like four times trying to figure out how am I going to approach this book differently what brushes am I going to use mm-hmm. what colors am I going to use what effects things like that I'm not a natural colorist so I have <laughs> yeah. to do all sorts of stupid <laughs> bullshit to get a page colored <laughs> so I, I don't remember I don't, know, I don't think we've passed it yet right remind me where where is it that they mention it's later on when we see it but where is it that they mentioned the Michelle Branch song um so that is right that was that was earlier right Oh, no, sorry. That's a little bit later. No, oh, no, no. Sorry, right there. Yeah. Okay, it's no, here. It's um, a, again, this here, goes yeah. back to, you know, if there's a drinking game for the podcast, everything is a choice, right? I <laughs> yeah, say it all the time. A choice. Um, why, why that song? Uh, that's a really good question. So I was writing this scene. Um, and, you know, as a writer, you what you're what I was trying to do, and I won't say we, me, was just trying to find um, ways to reinforce character emotions themes connections in not super obvious ways mm-hmm. um, and i think i was just i had music going on on youtube and like that uh michelle branch came on and i don't think it was um that song it was another michelle branch song but then i just started it just my mind got michelle going branch was good. i love michelle branch um and I, I went through it i just found the lyrics to that one to, to all you wanted song mm-hmm. i was just like 
oh, this works really, really well. Because mm. I was trying to find like, what's a song that maybe you could connect them? Maybe that's something I could put in here that um, speaks to their relationship and their connection. Right? Yeah, but it also is just like, we heard a song and ways of, of layering that mm. in. And I, yeah, that was, it was either YouTube or I was like scrolling through my library on <laughs> iTunes to be like, what? could work and yeah i just it, it felt so right as i was listening to the lyrics i was like this this is pieces of it if not their entire relationship here kind of summed up yeah. yeah and also like it's me so it's late 90s <laughs> early 2000s music i never really spit. grew beyond that point everyone who knows me will laugh and i was like it's perfect so i got i got, I got a copyright question for you oh, so yeah. that <laughs> earlier on you see like a computer screen Google. that says was it google, google, or google? Yeah. yeah so you, obviously oh, you can't use a, google yeah but you can use, did, I mean, did you have to get the rights to use the Michelle Branch song in so, the lyrics or even mention yeah, well, her? Yeah, or? yeah, how does that work when it's like a scripted thing because you're not playing the song, right? Yeah, no, I'm not playing the song. I didn't reprint the entirety of the lyrics. I looked into this when I did this and there was a certain amount of like sampling that I think I was okay to reprint. But I also just trusted that if I had to do something, Dark Horse would let me know <laughs> that either my editor okay. or the copy editor or someone along the way. So like, I didn't. So if if you're listening, Michelle, I'm sorry if I did that wrong. But I was like, it's <laughs> like, well, let's see what happens and see if they make me okay. take it out. And they didn't. So because <laughs> the other one that comes to mind, right, is uh, is sex criminals. Right? That was I was another yeah. one that we, we had yeah. done on Comic yeah. Club in that first trade of sex criminals. There's yeah. a scene where they're in a bar and then uh, it's supposed to be Queens. Don't stop me now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's a uh, fat bottom girls, I think. Right. And they have to. Yeah, like blur. <laughs> they, they even like put like the Freddie Mercury jacket on her and okay. everything, but they have to like where her word bubbles are. They put yeah. stuff over it. Talk about how they couldn't use the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, I, I looked into it. And I want to say I was the, I quote the lyrics a little bit in issue three, but it was only like one line. Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe I can get away with this. I don't remember. It's been, it's been like two years since I wrote it, but yeah, that's a good question. I, I was thinking the same thing and I was like, I think I'm okay. But okay. if not, someone will tell me hopefully. Right on. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I read that scene twice. The one that's coming on later. Okay. I read it twice just to see if it changed anything. I read it once. And then I actually pulled the song up on Spotify. Okay and read it again with this listening to the song in the background just yeah. to see um I, I i don't know if i can answer that for sure it did or it different it did or it didn't but it was i don't know it was one of those things like i like the fact that it's a song that exists makes me feel like i want to just listen to it during the scene to I, I listen, every time i had to write a relationship scene between the two of them that's what i would as soon as i realized that was like their their touchstone song mm -hmm. i would turn it on as Gets i was you kind of into their headspace exactly yeah okay. it helped me switch and get into there so now they have, um, and, and here's another spot where uh, Phil's a, a good writer and gets to use uh, exposition where it's like, now we have three characters that need to explain the story to another character to catch her up while also explaining everything to you reading the book. Um, and, you know, the, it, it's a very complicated thing to try to explain. So we're like, okay, so we're all in this place, right? And, like, she's me. She's also might be me. But then there's this other woman who kind of looked like me and she died. <laughs> um, but then Marco and uh, Orbit start talking and they start talking all their mumbo jumbo. Oh, yeah. Then it goes off page. into, yeah, it goes off into the whole the, <laughs> superstitial the, the, theory. Superstitial theory. I was like, yeah, what's it called? This page killed me because my eyes are getting so bad. I you was know, like, I like you. Said, you it's hard, yeah. The, the, the small print. <laughs> so here's here's what I think happened on this page, is because like I actually so I worked with Frank on where I wanted the dialogue because I specifically wanted balloons placed over branches that were broken, so that or branches you couldn't continue on this little image. Um, so we got it all done. I, I worked to make sure this was cool with my editor. I think when it was formatted, 
the digital technicians originally formatted it for a double page splash or something oh, like that. And okay. I caught it before it went to printing and it took a little bit of back and forth to get it like, no, it's a page rotated. But I wonder if somewhere along the way, even Frank was thinking that. So he he um, lettered it at a smaller font to fit a double page thinking spread. Thinking it was going to be Yeah, because there's no reason it couldn't yeah, yeah. be bigger, right? And I think like, a lot of this just my failure in communicating to everyone. Like I, I know I talked about it with my editor and I mentioned it to Frank, but I think because I sent him the file turned sideways, um, I think he thought, oh, if it's a sideways, it's the two pages stitched together uh, instead of it. Big splash I said it page. Instead of vertical, but it would have been to the side. Yeah, so uh, it gotcha. was just me trying okay. to do weird things. Gotcha. And when it printed, I was like, oh, that ended up printing really small. Sorry for those who need a magnifying <laughs> glass. There's a lot of words just in there. Just us old people. <laughs> Sorry, Kylie. I'm just so lazy that when I see a page turned the other way, I just like can't be bothered. I'm like, oh, something. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's me channeling 90s comics too because they would do that randomly where you just have to turn the, the page to the side for no reason going back to I, I, I knew you were going to bring up that goddamn Batman, Batman, Batman issue I knew you were Dude, that, was, that was such a great issue <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was pretty fun I like the Orbis just flying around <laughs> I mean, that was yeah, so like, yeah, that was another ways of like, how do I subtly get in like, this is what she does because like we saw her fly a little bit in the last issue, but barely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you weren't paying attention, you might have missed it. So I was like, what can I do? What are they doing when they're standing around? Yeah. Like, oh, maybe she'll just kind of float around the room because she's like, like, why wouldn't you if you thing. could? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like her, that's her everyday thing. Like, like, like yeah. why would you not just be floating all the time? Yep. Um, so yeah, and Marco's hurt, and they have this conversation where it's like, well, we gotta get her to a hospital. Like, you can't take her to a hospital, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, what are you gonna do? She shows up, she's got no ID, no paperwork, no anything. Yep. Um, obviously, it's gonna raise a lot of suspicion. Are you a doctor? I'm <laughs> <laughs> a physical therapist. Yeah, so they say, okay, we'll we'll go to my office. We'll stitch you up there. Uh, it, it's funny, like. I don't know why this caught my attention. It didn't catch my attention the first time, but it did yesterday reading this again, where it's like, it's very much like a, she's hurt. Like we need to go. And then we go, but like Evie's in different clothes. So I'm like, I'm like, okay. So it was like, it was urgent, but not urgent enough that she was she like, was let me change. She was in her pajamas. Her. Yeah, but. She'd throw a shirt and pants on. If it's life and death. She's in her pajamas. Look, she was wearing like underwear. She's I just gonna... wanted Phil to admit that he was bored and wanted to draw her in different clothes. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> like, I, I designed seven or eight outfits for her and for Tab and, and anyone who needed to change outfits, I specifically designed them. And oh, okay. I began going to like certain fashion websites that I felt would speak to their characters and their background. Like I did, mm-hmm. a, I did a ton of work on that. Um, this was the page where I was just like, as drafts came and went, it was the one page I wanted to keep just because I laughed so hard at the joke when I wrote it. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's I not, like let's not skip over that. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, there's a really good, uh, a really good back and forth. Uh, yeah, no. So it's just so Orbit looks at you know Evie and Tab, and then to Tab she says, "So like, if we had sex, it wouldn't really be cheating because Evie and I are basically the same person." <laughs> and then everyone, the Evie shoots daggers at Orbit, and she just kind of backs up with her hands up and. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, it's going to get cut at some point. It's going to get cut. I was like, technically for pacing, I could cut it. Because, yeah, they're driving her to the hospital because she's bleeding out. But I was it's like. It's a good break of tension, just, though. Yeah, right? yeah, I just want that page so bad. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> and it's also kind of like a, um, I don't know, I don't know if, if you intended it to be that way, but it's also kind of like a, a, a thing for later, right? Yeah. Something I, that. It worked out a little bit not, foreshadowing. They don't obviously yeah. have sex later, but um, 
her and Marco have a kiss later. So it's kind of like, a, yeah, not technically. So it's it's almost like Orbit kind of plants that idea in her head. Well, it's like, yeah, I mean, technically it's not. Do I have to because... say, I was really mad about that when I first read it. I was like, no. I was so really, really, really upset it. as well. It, it was also a good opportunity to give you an idea of who Orbit. It was just more character stuff for Orbit, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Um, no, like, so years ago, one of my first books that I did is Poseidon 9, which was a Top Cow one shot. That was in the Athenian uh, Aphrodite 9 universe. Anyway, Teeny Howard wrote it. It was the first time, and I think it's the only time we've got to work together thus far. But it's how we became good friends. And we opened the page on like two clones with another woman in bed. And it was, we just like, our editor somehow did not put together that we put a clone bone reference in there. Um, And and it became like one of our favorite things that we opened up with the clone three way, essentially. So I had to kind of throw that in there too, to be like, you know, you're the same person is it cheating and obviously yes mary it is cheating but <laughs> i i just i yeah I, I wondered if that was intentional if it was just for the joke or if that was to kind of like plant that idea in tabitha's head for something that happens later or if that's just sort of a you know, coincidence I, that, that i think those it's two think things it, it worked it's uh it was serendipitous that it ends up being foreshadowing i'm glad it worked out it was a good opportunity to, to kind of again showcase orbits a little bit of a, a dirt bag um and it was a fun joke, but now that you point that out, I was like, "Oh yeah, that did work out really well." Maybe at some point I had that thought. I'm just, I'm just stitching everything together. Go man. for it. What <laughs> Make me sound better than I am. I like it. Uh, they, they, they stitch Marco up, and she's like, "You know, you're gonna be fine as long as you're not gonna do anything crazy." The next, you know, I think she's like gymnastics or something or whatever. You're gonna be fine. Um, and then Orbit's kind of talking about the world that she comes from. It's all superheroes. Yeah. Or lots of superheroes. Lots of superheroes. They uh, exist. They exist. Very much so. That's my uh, my crisis homage page right there. <laughs> where all the superheroes had to team up to save the universe. Ripping people in half. I, did, I channeled a little <laughs> bit of Ryan Otley on that image right there. So thank you, Ryan. Because <laughs> oh, why wouldn't you, right? Yeah. Any chance you have to channel Ryan Otley, go for it. Okay. Mary's got the book, so I can't see. I'm trying to remember like, okay, where we are. <laughs> Because it's hard just to guess from just the pictures of where <laughs> Sorry. So they end up uh, back in the hospital and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do to kind of like, what's our next they're step? They're doing their, oh, yeah, their they're, plan cause... to take down the hunter. Yeah. Yeah, because at first they're like, well, as long as we're here, we're fine, right? Like, that thing's going to find us here. Like, yeah. If it found us there, it's going to find us here. And this was an opportunity I wanted Tabitha to step up and not just be like the girlfriend, but I wanted her to step up as a moment had to a take charge. Yeah, yeah, have a part and to be like, wow, she's actually very, she, she served in the military. She's very tactical. She's mm. intelligent. And these couple of pages, I'm also trying to plant the relationship, both as like friends and then potentially a little bit more between her and Marco, how they see eye to eye and can relate on a lot of um kind of common shared experiences. I thought you were just trying to subliminate and make me want tacos. I mean, also, there is... Orbit loves tacos. Yes. So. Tacos. So tacos, tacos were brought up a lot. Because she she loves tacos because she lives and breathes. Like, because we don't love tacos. Tacos are amazing. Yeah, like, what, what kind of monster are you? I love tacos. So. You don't love tacos. <laughs> oh. um, I, I think we I brought up to you before... Um, one of the things I really appreciate about the way that you draw is that I really like the way you do faces. And it was something that I really got to appreciate throughout the freeze because there were so many human characters in yeah. there that it, you mm-hmm. know, all look very different and everything. Yeah. And um, I've I've been lucky enough to have you draw a couple different commissions and stuff for me and, and different things. And uh, my favorite one that you've done for me was the first one that you did for me, which is Captain Marvel. Because and I, and I think it's just I think that's what it is, because I've had you do like a Power Ranger for me. You just got a helmet on and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um I, there's something about I really enjoy the way you draw people's faces, um, and I like 
some of these panels where you you can kind of morph their face facial features in different ways to get different expressions and stuff like that. Um, it, 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 I don't know, it's just something I don't see artists I don't think do enough. And uh, we had talked about. A couple they look weeks real. Ago. Like that's a real smirk. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> a real face. We talked <laughs> a couple tried. weeks ago about like stock faces. Sure. Uh, you know, and some people are really bad for yeah. having stock faces. The freeze was one of those things where I was like, I don't think any of these people are the same people. They all look very, you know, and, and same you. thing here. So yeah, I just that's another thing I just wanted to make sure I point out that I I really enjoy your your facial features on people. Oh, I appreciate it. It's something I work really hard at. So <laughs> it's got to be hard, right? And like to especially like to contort a face. You know, I don't know if you just spend a lot of time in the mirror doing different things and kind of like yeah. that's how your nose moves when you do this. So that's how you you know. I so I use a lot of photo reference when I draw. So I usually take pictures of myself on my iPhone and then mm-hmm. throw them into the computer and then throw them on the page and use those as a base. So for every page of triage, just about, especially when there's talking, I could show you like the digital file where it's me in every <laughs> role of Evie and then and then a 3D model of Evie's head next to there so I can make sure like features stay consistent, but I can get the expressions. Mm. Every once in a while you throw them up on Twitter and they're, they're yep. fun. Yeah, they're, yep. they're like, very fun. Council of Phil's. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very fun. And so, and then, and this is the, the doctor. I like that, that uh, Tab goes to like kind of stick up for, for <laughs> Yeah, she talks to the doctor that changed the records that made uh, Evie be suspended. Yep. Or at least what she thought. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you had one job, man. You were supposed to be the lookout. (laughs) We were compromised. Tacos. Yeah, it's the tacos. But yeah, it was, yeah very much finding fun ways to to set up. Or again, I say Orbit was one of the funnest ones to ride because she was so on the nose essentially like she mm. was very much she there's very little she holds back no filter until yeah. we get later yeah, on but yeah. like the fact that she only thinks or cares about herself or the plans that she has would obviously lead her to like ooh tacos like i want tacos <laughs> there i'll get she's very much like the id character like she is what she thinks and feels so. when i was reading it'd be like ooh tacos that, that's that was me all day i'm like <laughs> do i want to go del taco <laughs> <laughs> Go hit up the taco truck somewhere. <laughs> Marco turns into her badass self. Yeah. Yeah. She's just always a badass. Uh, the, the gun that she has, I built in 3D. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, and it was really, really fun. But then every time I had to ink and color that thing, it was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, why did I do this to myself? So I, I kind of thought <laughs> when I when I saw that, one of the things that came to mind is me knowing your love for cable. for cable. 90s comics yes. <laughs> and oh, it's yes. like it Very feels it wasn't yeah. even so much specifically cable like I, 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 it was. I kind of just grouped it like it feels very '90s, like yeah. a big giant gun, a big giant gun. Yep, that's 100% why me. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, poor Orbit, man. She gets the shit, the shit beat out of her. <laughs> she does. Um, no, not he, for any lack of trying, though. And when she gets headbutted, it, like I could almost feel it. I was like, oh man, <laughs> she's got her face smashed. Um. So yeah, there's a lot of fighty fighty stuff. It's really really cool. I I I'll always enjoy the page layouts. I always like to look at um, again, I, and I'm always trying to like get inside a creator's head. Like, I wonder why they chose to do it this way, and like keep looking at it to see like does it work this way because it it wants my eye to go here uh-huh. and and certain things like that. So I always just I guess enjoy the craft of it. Good, yeah, that's um, that's my favorite part, and it's also the part that I think I spend the most mental energy on. Mm-hmm, really? And even going back through it now, I'm looking at stuff and being like, oh, I could have done this differently, or I could have done this differently, or I could have... And it's not like, because I did it wrong, but because in storytelling, there's so many different ways, mm-hmm. some different choices, and like, what is the best one? And I'm always trying to find the best choice. Does writer Phil 
ever screw over artist <laughs> Phil to where you're like writing like oh i'm gonna do this 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 and then by the time you get to have to, like you have to draw the thing now you're like damn it like yes. i have to like I have to make this work now. Yeah, writer feels an asshole. Um, so like everything, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm visualizing it as I'm writing it, but there's a lot of like getting down to it where I'm like, mm. oh, this space is so much harder. When we get to issue four, there's two pages where it's like an, a 16 panel page spread and a 25 panel oh, spread. And yeah, that was where I, I love that page though. That was not written that way at all. That was where I artist Phil got there to draw. and was just like, writer <laughs> Phil just Why? did not know what the hell he was talking about. And I need to figure out a better way to do this. And after quite a while, I figured out kind of that three or four page progression mm. where there was a zillion panels. So artist Phil always adds more panels. Writer Phil always asks to do way more than is humanly possible on a page. So they, they, they find a way to work together. But do yeah. you still do like a full like script version of it for yourself or do you not have to be as specific when you're writing it because you also like I'm gonna know what I'm talking about uh yeah I, for triage I did a full script like page one as if somebody one. else was gonna draw it yes still. yeah okay. because again I hadn't worked with my editor as a writer before we worked together on Tomb Raider Inferno mm -hmm. um, and she was trusting me to do this um so I was like I want to make sure I have full scripts so she can see that I know what I'm talking about or, or can kind of get an idea of what, I, what I'm going for. So they were full, full scripts. Um, I'm working on a graphic novel right now that I'm in the writing stage. And since I'm going to be drawing it, it's much, much looser. Like my oh, dialogue right. is all there. My page breaks are there, but I don't mm -hmm. have panel counts. I have like, it looks like a screenplay basically. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, and like, it's much looser and I can write so That's much That's kind of faster. what I had assumed that you would, you were going to do. Like, yeah, you no, my, the, the trip, the scripts for triage are very dense and are very comic book and hundred percent formatted. So yeah. Just like working hard. So they all yeah. press their bracelets and they get transported to somewhere. But first, I do want to just say the this panel right here, the headbutt panel, is just so beautiful. Yeah, oh, thank you. Uh, the coloring of it, every <laughs> Again, everything within yeah. that panel is. I gorgeous. love the coloring. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the like, they're so the colors are so vibrant. Yeah, the whole thing. I just I love it. Just, it was it was again my love of like vibrant '90s stuff is what came through. I was like, there's a million mm. different ways to color, and I want this to be as saturated as possible, mm. <laughs> and hopefully still you know can read where it's not just like ah. Oh no! And I, like, like I said, I think <laughs> it, like you can see the vibe that she's getting headbutted so bad you can just see the vibration. Yeah. But yeah. like it just it's gorgeous. <laughs> my appreciation for colorists, I feel like was one of the last things to come mm -hmm. in my reading of comics, but now it's one of the things I look for first yeah. because I just, I really appreciate the way a book is colored. Oh man, yeah. I, I'm it just really, it, it changes, it can change everything so much one way something is colored or not. Mm -hmm. um, I remember, uh, again, talking 90s stuff, I, it was maybe a year or two ago or so that uh, in the, the Spawn book, Todd McFarlane did a, uh, a cover for Spawn that, uh, there was like 10 different versions of the cover you could get, okay. but he, he just drew it and inked it. And then the he gave it to like eight yeah. different colorists and they look like different images almost like that they're all cool so thing. different. Yeah. And, and he, he had a whole YouTube video thing about it, but he's like, I wanted to show you guys like how, what these guys do. And it's not just like, Oh, he colors the page. Like yeah. there's a lot of choices that go into how they color the the page and why they do it that way. And like, you can look at them side by side. Like, yeah, these look almost like different pictures. Yeah. Even though it's the same pencils and inks. Yep. So yeah, it's very, very cool when someone takes the time to do it. I remember those spawn covers and it was a really, really good way for colorist appreciation to be like, oh, yeah. that's the difference between a Matt Wilson and like a Dave Stewart or yeah. you know, a Marta Garcia. It was, like, it was like an eye opener for a lot of people to be like, oh, like, OK, yep. they don't just like they don't just yeah. click the color button in Photoshop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
to yeah it's like you like you're not just like a professional color you know what I mean? like you yeah. just color for you know yeah i know mean? it's not just like superman suit is blue and i'm done you know? it's, it's or like to steal like the the chasing amy joke the like the, the tracer. <laughs> tracers <laughs> yeah you know it's like and inking is another one that's like you realize like how like sometimes you see just like raw pencils and then the ink is like oh yeah dude like inkers do a ton <laughs> yeah depending on the pencil or inkers inkers across the board do a ton and then you get some that are like do go above and beyond when their pencils are like halfway done like, cool. yeah it's like they, they they draw half the page almost <laughs> where it's like man like you gave like a rough like yeah. outline of what this thing was supposed to be and then the other guy had to create the image based yeah. off of that <laughs> very much so um this is this was the scene where they're talking about the song right and this is this where is, they first meet they, yeah, yeah they first meet this is where i i went and i pulled the song up on spotify <laughs> just to see if it gave it a different vibe at all yep so I, I feel like I was like, okay, this is like what I'm supposed to be feeling during this. So just to, I don't know. I always like playing around with different stuff like that. I I like the whole uh, back and forth. It feels like a very real conversation where she's like, like, you know, as, as a nurse, I should probably tell you, you shouldn't smoke, whatever. But they kind of like, well, you know, also, can I have one? You know? <laughs> they end up in Marco's place now, mm-hmm. which, yeah, it just sucks, Desolate, man. desolate, desolate. <laughs> yeah. Desolate. Very visually interesting. Very beautiful as well. Very visually interesting, but not a place that you want to be anytime soon. Yes, no. Nah, you don't want to move there. You don't want to raise a family there. I think in early outlines of the story, I had them go from Evie's world to Orbit's world. I was just going to ask you, was there world. was there a version there where we got version. to go to Orbit's? Man. Uh, and I really wanted to do that version because obviously oh. I, I just want to draw superheroes, guys. It would have been so This fun. was my chance to draw superheroes and I didn't. But it, it got to a point where I felt like I was just hitting the same beat, the same note over and over again. Like, we get here. We have to wait. We get attacked. We jump away. And I felt like just doing that one more time just felt too repetitive. I was like, we need to go straight to Marco and leave orbits were all a little bit mysterious that hopefully maybe at some point in the future we can revisit. And again, like you mentioned to you, you only got five issues to tell the story exactly. and it's like, you, we don't need to do that yeah. again when yeah. we could be moving the story forward yeah. in some way. <laughs> um, talking about page layouts again, this is a page that I really like because I like the way that the, the panels are here to kind of give you the close-ups of their faces while we get kind of the, the wider shot of them talking. This, I wanted to talk about this page. So, if I if, when I'm reading a comic book, like I've, I've been reading since I was twelve, um, everything needs to flow really well. When dinosaurs well. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this is this is one that as I'm reading this panel, um, I'm I'm seeing Evie over here. So in my head, I'm thinking this is Evie talking, oh, and the opposite. So usually when I have to stop and go, wait a minute and go back, it usually takes me out of it. Mm-hmm. I stopped and reread it again, realizing, Oh wait, yeah, to look he's at showing, who who. he's showing the reaction of what that person is saying. And I, yeah. that just made me appreciate this page so much more. Oh, when okay. I reread it. I was like, Oh, I thought you were about to I, like, I no, 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 I was like, Oh, like, I yeah. see. I see what I see what was done there. And I like that. I, I did yeah. the same thing. I had thought the same thing. I was like, Oh, this is Evie. Uh, this but, but, but like, like the third thing down, you're like, no, that's not, yeah. that's not right. So, that's, so I went not back and I was like, things. oh, oh, this makes it's, sense. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, that's, I, that's, I like that. You're like, why would she say that? Oh, because she didn't say that. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Part of me is like, oh man, I totally failed there because that's no, a really no, good no, point. No. But I, I, I'm glad that the, yeah, you kind of got that. That was another page where I was like, it's a lot of dialogue. 
Um, and, and, and talking back and forth, what's a way we can do this to maybe try and ga- engage you with the characters more? And I'm like, you engage with the characters through their face yes. and how they're reacting. So let's just focus on their face and we'll leave the dialogue free floating. Yeah. Um, so it's not just, you know, like, what is it? It would be five panels of talking essentially is what it would work out to be. So no, I was, I, I liked it, how it ended up. Flows yes. through nicely. Hmm, thanks. So they go back into, uh, like a shelter thing that, uh, they have on Marco's world and she's, um, this is, we got to kind of where she explains like the tribes and stuff. Yep. Um, that uh, there's like all these people that split up, and some of them are like tribes, or they're like scavenger people without mm. tribes and stuff like that. The marauders, the marauders are people yeah. without tribes. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> I think I think at one point in issue one, when it ended at um, at the guides revealing mm-hmm. the thing, the previous like eight, I had eight more pages is what it was, um, and those eight pages were another back to the world um it's like we had two pages on each world we i was just going to spend two or three more pages back on each world and we were going to get more about the marauders and mm-hmm. fight scenes between them and then as we we cut and changed and move stuff around i was like ah oh, they're nameless bad guys we don't need to spend too much time on them and it's just gotcha. there's there's real estate we could spend elsewhere um marco's world almost feels like it's a book in itself like <laughs> like you yeah. can really kind of explore because yeah i kind of like some of the stuff that you set up there and it's like i would like to learn a little bit more about like yeah how the that world works and how these people have to survive in it. Yeah. Um, so again, it's just like, if anything, it's a compliment because it's like, there's another idea that you gave me more investment yeah. in that I wanted to learn more about. Which yeah. Is unfortunately, there's just not time. No, no. And that was one of my goals too, was like to, to, to leave you wanting, but not, but also satisfied. You oh yeah. You, to ex- learn more. you explained, you explained perfectly what, yeah. what had happened. Yeah. But yeah, like I agree with Tyler, like you could, have a whole series about <laughs> it's like it, I want to play in that yeah, yeah. Like, play in that world now. It'd be a lot yeah. of fun to go back and do that because yeah, we ended up spending three triage the, extended universe. Yeah. <laughs> three we'll of the five spin-offs. issues are all on Marco's world. We actually spend more time there than anywhere else. But mm. by having different places of Marco's world, we mm. shift to it feels like a different location or a different mm. universe entirely. Which is good because it's probably the most interesting of the world. I mean, orbits is interesting. But oh, it's also like I, 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 read, I read worlds with superheroes exactly. all the time. Yeah, I think that's ultimately why I cut it out. It's like there's nothing uh, particularly new or different I'll do there that someone. It's going to be hard before. to break ground in that category, exactly, right? Yeah. It's like here's something you've never seen before, <laughs> and also in the last generally, 80 like, years. Yeah. If it's not big too, no one cares about a superhero comic, with the exception of like Invincible. I was going to say, uh, say Invincible, uh, but even Invincible should have been yeah. selling seventy five thousand copies a month, and it sold like fourteen on its yeah. best month. So hmm. it had a very devoted fan base, but it should have been so much bigger for how good that book is. So. So yeah. I was like, yeah, you're right. We'll spend time on something a little bit more interesting. It's gonna be, Invincible is going to make a hell of an animated oh, series gosh. someday. Yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, I like that Evie goes in and helps helps the woman give birth and stuff like that. Again, it kind of shows like her compassion. It shows that like she really is good at what she does. It's not yeah. just that she... it like She talks about it kind of just being a job, mm-hmm. but it's not that to her because she she could tell she's good at it. Like, it's not just something she does because she knows how to do. She does it because she's good at it and she's passionate about doing it. Yeah. Um, and it gave us a chance, I think, uh, or even me a chance, um, to make Evie a little bit more proactive mm-hmm. after issue one, even halfway. Th- she's not very proactive. Everyone is taking the actions around her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to, to move past that as quickly as possible because I don't particularly like um, passive protagonists mm-hmm. who just everything happens to them. I want them to make choices that change the story in the world around them. Do you kind of feel um, like you had to give her stuff to do a little bit? I had to put her in where a... Where she's yeah. not just like 
I don't mean to use this term like like she's like the straight man, right? Like she's kind of like the yeah. normal person yeah. that everything else is happening around. She's our point of view character and allows us, yeah, that that point of, of uh, allows you to relate to things and understand how different things are because she's from our world and we understand that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as quickly as possible, I needed to put her in a position to where she could like actively step into a role and begin to do stuff instead of just spend five issues of everyone cooler around her doing things but that was also part of her character journey i needed everyone around her to be doing cooler things first mm-hmm. to cause that to have her question herself even more so i like uh tab being the vet interested in this other world's <laughs> weapons and stuff and like kind of the inner workings of how they go it's very fitting for her character mm-hmm. thanks yeah. yeah um evie helps the woman give birth and mm-hmm. there, there's a whole thing with the umbilical cord and stuff and it, it, she helps her get through it and everything uh this i i like that you can do it without by by making it feel like it's a real birth without being super graphic or anything about sure. it but it definitely feels like especially like when you see like the umbilical cords like that's not something you get to see in a comic book yeah. very often <laughs> you know depending on which book you're reading i guess but um i don't know it's it was i i don't, I don't know the word to describe it tasteful i guess i don't know okay yeah, yeah that's that's how yeah. i was that's how i was born yeah. Back back when I was born, back in the age of the dinosaurs, <laughs> they wouldn't allow the husbands in the room. Oh, and they let my father in because they didn't think I was going to make it through because my umbilical cord was wrapped oh, around really? my neck. And every yeah. time my mom would push, my it heartbeat would, would just yep. go. Whoop. Yeah, That actually oh. happens a lot more commonly than people realize. I think I know my son had the cord wrapped around his neck twice. I don't know if my daughter had it or not. Wow. But I remember, yeah, like the doctor like. You know, once the head was out, he like reaches his hand in, thumbs out around the cord, unwinds it and pops it off his head. And like, yeah. so you're not losing, you know, heart rates and, and oxygen and stuff like that. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. You mentioned <laughs> earlier about your wife doing this, being yeah. a nurse and everything. Um, does Is it kind of nice that you kind of have her to lean on for stuff like this? Like, did, did you ask her stuff like, right? This like, so like when that happens, what do you do? And like. How do you do that? that way? You kind of have a basis of like, because Evie has to know what to do, even if <laughs> Phil doesn't know necessarily what to do, right? Yeah, I want to say, I wonder if there was, I'd have to look at the air to see. Or maybe there she might just been, told you so many stories at this time, you feel like at you this know point, it. <laughs> yeah, at this point, there's so many stories, but I also, I think there was a couple of terms here and there I might have used either earlier on or right here. Mm. I was like, what's the term for this? Or, um, yeah, so it was a combination of just by osmosis. So, <laughs> and then a little bit of conversations about stuff. And then, you know, I, being there at the birth of my two kids. So combination of a bunch. It's one of the craziest things you can ever see. That's in in yeah. in life for sure. If you haven't got to experience a childbirth, um, I I can't speak for Mary because she's <laughs> like, yeah. as as just as just as an observer as an observer as an observer. It's it's crazy, incredible to see, but you're almost just in awe the whole time it's happening. Like what? In the world is happening it's a very accurate way to describe it (laughs) like i'm not a i'm not a religious person at all and i don't throw a term around like miracle very often like that's like the only i think describe it because it's just like this like thing that should be impossible to happen happens you know where it's like that shouldn't work like that (laughs) but it does you know so whereas before there was not a human now there is a human yeah Yeah. interesting so it's crazy what like like what the human body can do, dude. Like yeah, props props to the women out there that are giving birth. Like, very much so. <laughs> like I bet you the first contraction I had, I'm like I'm done, I'm out, no more. I want a taco. <laughs> Orbit wakes up and yeah, she's better now after getting shit kicked out of her. Yeah, <laughs> she bounces back. They fast. got healing technology. Here. Yeah, restores yeah. her. 
Which, for the world they live in, they need it probably. Yes. <laughs> yes very exactly. much so. <laughs> and so, here's where we get the little, uh, the triangle thing, right? The coin. Mm-hmm. The girl handed the her the coin. And, yeah, and I caught won. that yeah. as we're going through it now. Because re- reading it the first time, mm-hmm. didn't catch it. But as we're going through it, I was like, hey, that's the coin that <laughs> yeah. the girl's giving her. Right? Yep. It's one of those things that, yeah, like, I, I I wish I would have paid more attention to. Like, that was another thing that I kind of had to go back because I'm like, I know that has significance somewhere. I'm like, okay, yeah. that was from here. Yeah. And this is how we ended up here. So Yeah, it was like a weird line of trying to, like, put enough stuff in there that when stuff happens, if you caught it, hopefully it's that really cool moment. Mm-hmm. Um but also giving you something to reread later on, but not lose it entirely. It's like such a weird line to walk in. And even though Joss Whedon as a person is problematic, as a writer, like he does stuff like that um, quite frequently where it's just like that yeah. moment where like everything he's been putting together like comes together. I think there's good examples of that in Buffy and Firefly and Serenity and Avengers and all of that. Just like little seeds planted come together in a really important moment. So Norbit uh. talks about how... Uh, did you say Norbit? No, I said that, I saw that. I heard, I heard, I heard Norbit. Okay, Norbit. Like, so yeah, I the saw Eddie Murphy that. character yeah, Norbit. That's a 2005 movie. <laughs> yeah. movie like, killed Eddie Murphy's career, didn't it? <laughs> it did. <laughs> uh, Orbit talks about how no matter how she acts, everyone's always like, oh, you're such a hero. So yep. she just doesn't even try anymore. Yep. It, it, it's kind of the first time you see kind of her wall come down a little bit. Yeah. Which is really good because it, it gives her a little more depth and it's a it's a side that we hadn't seen of her up to that point. Um, here we get the uh, uh, conversation with Margot and, and Tabitha that kind of leads up to things that upset Mary. Um, <laughs> it sorry. did. It did I'm upset sorry, me. It did. It, 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 it's kind of supposed to, but it upset me too. It was kind of like why upset me in a good way. <laughs> Yeah. Does that make sense? Maybe like a saga way? Yeah, there yeah, go. there you go. Yep, yep. That's exactly what it was actually. So, um but they, they have a they have a pretty real conversation and um we don't necessarily need to get into all the details of it, but it's they 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 bond over a moment and it's nice because it's like all these things going on, it's a moment for both of them to kind of take a breather and be like, sure. you know, and it's like they know what still needs to be done, right? It's not over. Um, but they've both been through their own hardships and stuff. Yeah. And I really like Marco's whole thing of like, I have always been okay with the crap that I've had to go through because it's all I knew that existed. But to find out that there's another world of people that don't have to deal with any of this. And there's another version of me that gets to be happy. Yeah. Like, I don't that know how I can go me. on in this world. Yeah. Like- and like, like that seemed very real to me. Cause I'm like, hell yeah. Like, yeah. This woman, you could tell, like, she's fought her probably her whole life just to be even be sitting there, yeah. Yeah. you know? And she's a provider and stuff, and she fights for her people and everything else, too. And it's like, here's this other world where there's none of that going on. Yeah. Um, I mean, she has, Evie has to struggle with the fact of, you know, being a, a gay woman of color in the, in the mm-hmm. modern world. But I mean, yeah. compared to what Marco's dealing with, it's like, so, you'd probably take that trade, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I have to give I have to give mad props, um, especially for that moment to uh, James Maddox, who wrote Metaphorical Hurt. Oh. Yeah. Um, he was one of the the my friends who read the scripts, and we had we we sat down for a group critique, and it went on for like forty five minutes, where like fifteen people were tearing uh, triage apart, which was oh. great. Afterwards, they were all like, "Sorry, I feel like we got a little hard on you." I'm like, "No, it's okay." But Maddox leans over, and he was like, "Phil, I hate you." 
And I was like, why? This is this is how Maddox critiques people. He goes, he's like, because you have some of the best moments in here and you're squandering them. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, Marco is the best character in this book. And you never once point out the fact that she got to see worlds where she doesn't have to fight to survive. And I was like, oh, shit, I never realized that. So that moment came from James. Oh, okay. He was like, nice. that is a moment that has to be there because like. It might be my favorite moment of the book, and honestly. It's one of the yeah. best moments of the book. And yeah. all props to James for helping pointing that out and, and making that important. And I was like, oh, you're right, because it very much changes the direction of how Marco acts the rest of the way through and makes it so much stronger, the arc that I have. It's very real, it's very human, and it's also like, both literally and kind of figuratively, here's this tough woman that has her armor off at this yeah. point, right? She's just kind of been like a little sports brawn. Like she's kind of unguarded, mm -hmm. where she's been kind of this tough badass. Here she kind of like takes the armor off and kind of does have an honest moment where she gets a little emotional and everything so again we saw kind of with orbit or norbit earlier where she kind of <laughs> you know i think it was pluto now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait maybe that killed <laughs> that certainly did uh, uh, yeah which, no and i think which also, one came out first we we'll have to look that up uh, one of the came out first i think okay. and then norbit came out afterwards but okay. we can look it up I norbit like, killed Eddie Murphy's crew. I, like uh, I think also especially you know looking at where we're at now in 2020 i think it, this also works as kind of a metaphor for privilege as well, when you're talking to I someone, you're gonna say, like, looking at where we're at 2020, Marco's world is us in like September, October. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how the elections yeah. go, <laughs> like seeing where um, we're at now, this post-apocalyptic <laughs> world doesn't seem that far-fetched. <laughs> No, but it's, it's someone this coming. This is a post-corona world. <laughs> post-corona comic. Um, Everyone's going to set into tribes. I think for Tabitha. There's the maskers and the unmaskers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. We'll now call them oh, marauders. God. The anti-maskers. Um, no, it becomes a moment for Tabitha, who's like, you know, lives, has lived her life. And regardless of her struggles, realizes there's an entire different reality of how someone else has to struggle to achieve the basic minimal that she takes for granted which I think very much plays as as uh, a, a good metaphor for privilege as we're coming to. It should be a don't check, understand yeah, it, for Evie too, yeah. We're coming to understand it, yeah. Mm -hmm. It should make her appreciate what she has more, yeah. Yeah, very much so. Especially when she's really looking into a mirror version of herself <laughs> that doesn't have any of those things. Yep. Um, then this page broke Mary's heart. Yes, it did. <laughs> it's like, no, why? Why'd you do this to me? Margot and Tabitha share a, a passionate kiss. You know, as a writer, um, I, I firmly believe you're all, the best thing to do is to always be like, what is the worst thing possible that this character could experience right now? And that mm -hmm. was my moment for Evie. I was like, all right, she just had a high where she got back on her feet. She's starting to feel like maybe this is like, I'm, I'm feeling for the first time in days, like I'm successful and I'm in a good place, and now I'm going to go and try and repair some of the damage I've done, and what's the worst thing possible for at this moment? And that's what it is, and that's what we were That, that so, is. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> How <do> you... <laughs> um, Again, love the colors and the flashbacks and stuff. We get to see Edie with her mom. Um, her mom's a great character. That, that She's another one where it's just like, not enough time in the book. Wish we yeah. could have saw more, spent some more time with this character. Yep. Um, she's great. She feels like a real person. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of later on, but we can kind of jump around, I guess. Cause it's, it, it's very heartbreaking and real to me. The point where she's like telling Evie, like I lived a good life, but I also have regrets. Like, don't, mm -hmm. you know, don't have regrets, please. Like do what you need to do, do what you want to do. Um, and that's something that, uh, I think most people relate to, especially if you have kids, because you almost feel like you want to give your, you would tell your kids to do, you try to pass on whatever you learn to your kids. Yeah. And 
you know, it's just it, it, it sucks because it's like, I don't know. The, the, this person, this woman is like dying, right? And and it's not like uh, like she has, it's, it doesn't come off as like oh poor me kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like self sulking, yeah. Because she she talks about like you know I did a lot of things and you know lived a good life, but you know I have regrets. Yeah. Over the last couple of years, I've had a couple um, family members close to me pass away, um, and a couple of them are you know of old age. As I get grandparents who are into their nineties and things oh, yeah. like that. Um, and I think anyone who's had that experience, not just passing away, but starting to deal with with loved ones as they get older uh, and they start to lose, you know, some, some of the sharpness bit. that they used yeah. to have. And you start to experience interactions that are maybe not as pleasant just because filters are gone or the ability to perceive what's happening is around. And I think as as, it's as heartbreaking. Huh? Yeah. I mean, this page is not it, but it sets up the page later on where. Or Evie's mom has kind of slipped out of lucidity and, you know, is saying things that are just devastatingly hurtful to Evie, not realizing kind of what she's saying. Um, and I think I, and I can't say I've had anyone say anything devastatingly hurtful to me, but to watch people who are, you know, you're like, these were the nicest people in the world suddenly start to say things that are tremendously offensive and not nice at all just because they're the filter is the filter is gone and i'm like oh, i hope i die before my filter goes i try to be a good person but i am not underneath so <laughs> i am constantly fighting to like, be better we all so. work on ourselves yeah. yeah and i mean like and i and i and i feel bad that as, as people who get to that point in life and make it you know you spend a whole life your whole life fighting to, to be better and have that filter and to understand and, and to weed things the, out and the last memories people have of you being like yeah. I hate Asian people yeah. like what? <laughs> like oh, no. grandpa died a racist oh, no, no. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. And it, yeah for all you knew that was something that you know grandpa's dad had said to him in the 1920s yeah. and it's not something he believed but the filter and mind capacity is gone but you don't know how to interpret that and, and I think that sets up that 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 moment that comes later on an issue I think it's a four or five Mm-hmm. with Evie's mom is what unraveled everything for Evie. Um, even though we start back at the beginning like, oh, I got fired or I got put on suspension because of that. It has nothing to do with that at all was that moment where her mom said something that caused her whole world to unravel. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of it is her trying to just grasp anything to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all that I think is very much the personal aspect of the story that comes from this for me as a writer. Um, and I'm, we're taking, I'm, I told you this is going to be the longest podcast ever. You're like, come on and talk about this. Um, I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to need to kick it in gear that way you can get out of here. Cause I just don't want to keep you. From, no, from no, it's fine. I'll be. talk about it forever. Um, <laughs> so but yeah, like, you know what? Fuck my plans with. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, for me, I, I was writing this book fresh out of, um, out of, of losing my faith and transitioning out of, out of, out of Mormonism, having been in there for 30 some odd years. Um, and to have something that was such an ingrained part of like, this is who I am. And suddenly, essentially, to have it ripped away from me, um, as Evie did, um, to where it was like, you know, things changed. Um, It spent, spiraled kind of everything uh, mentally and emotionally for me. Like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what choices to make. I don't know what is right. I don't know what is wrong. Because everything that I had structured my life around is now not what I thought it was. It's not there anymore. So that kind of emotional instability and questioning reality around you, Mm -hmm. that portion of Evie is me. Um, and, and going through that experience and like, so, so to come back to this moment later on here, we haven't even got to, it. we're just talking about the lead up yeah. to it, but like, that's the moment where, e- where it, Evie's life, um, completely collapses around her. And I was like, that's, that is where the it was emotional her rock, connection. right? Yeah. You that's know? the emotional connection for her is like this thing collapsed around me and how are all my relationships with people, um, affected and are they still the same? Do they mm-hmm. still think of me the same way as they used to when I'm not who they thought I was? Uh, and that's. 
that's kind of where a lot of that comes from with Evie. And that's, yeah, a lot of the experiences of her as a woman, as a person of color and as as a lesbian, I don't understand. But I like this. These are the things that I I understand. I'm like, I know how that feels. Mm -hmm. And that's where our connection was as we were writing things forward and backward. Um, So I'm okay with the the decision to have to have the kiss, Marco. I kind of wish that it was a bigger deal. Um, because I, wish I had a little I, bit more space to. I, I kind of feel like I wish we could have. Like she's definitely upset, but it kind of transitions into something else very quickly. Yeah. Where I kind of like I feel like that should have mattered a little more, no, no, or been a, a bigger deal. We should have spent point. more time with the two of them talking about that because I'm like that's a you know pretty big deal. Like she, <laughs> you know saw her kissing another woman, even if it's just another version of herself. Yep. You know, but at the same time, it, it works the way that it's set up. And again, it's one of those things like maybe had you had you know more time. Yeah, one more issue. <laughs> one more just issue. one more. Just, <laughs> just one more issue. So many, so many. Uh, there's so many books I can think of that I'm like, this would have been good. Would have been like one less issue. <laughs> this is the one where I'm like, maybe one more would have just. That's like Avengers versus X Men to me. I'm like, you could have cut this in half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, half. <laughs> I was talking about like maybe one less. Like you yeah. could have cut this thing yeah, down. No, you could have cut that one down pretty <laughs> way down. Now the plan is that they're they're gonna get up to this place at first. So like we don't have a way to fly up there. And Orbit's mm. like, hell yeah, you do. <laughs> Fly, this is what I do. <laughs> guys, if you'd like not been listening to the last three issues, I'm a fucking superhero. We, we didn't really spend too much time talking about uh, the baby itself and like who the baby belongs to and everything. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a whole other conversation there as well. But um, Marco and then they have kind of like a, I don't know, I'm try, trying to think of like how to describe the, it. Like po- polyamorous, polyamorous relationship. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not, not familiar with the terminology, I guess. So it's more just like, I don't want to like put my foot Get in my mouth, the I guess. Sure, yeah. Gosh, it's it's 2020. Like, you know, like, they have like a three-way, you know? It's like, like that's not, you know, not very yeah. respectful. <laughs> a thruple is a term that I've used. A but a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of like that. Or a polyamorous amorous relationship, yeah. Huh? Okay, um, so yeah, it's, it's these two women and then there's, there's a guy as well. <laughs> that uh, And he was the guy that, we had talked about it earlier, the, was he was lost, right? Or they, he gets blown he was up taken, in yeah. page like four yeah. or whatever, or yeah. theoretically blown up, yeah, yeah, at the very beginning of the you book. You think he gets you blown up. Yeah. <laughs> so Orbit flies him up there. I love uh, their cool, like, little, uh, like, suits that they get. <laughs> their little, yeah, like, space spy suits, whatever it is, yep. This is one of those things, like, had it been... Like a like a big two book or something, I would have been like, you did that just so you could sell another toy. I mean, <laughs> but I'm down for it. I think also like everyone is kind of stripped their armor and not individuality, but the things they're holding up as this is who I am to be a little bit more uh, vulnerable and authentic at this point. So we've we've taken the costumes off and we put essentially matching outfits on them thematically and visually. Yeah, this moment with her mom, man. Yeah, like I was talking to her, it just gets me where it's like, yeah, like. I live like you. I love my life, but I didn't live the life I wanted. Like, oh, it's like, oh, it hurts. It hurts so good. <laughs> Again, their spacesuits are pretty freaking sweet. Um, is it how much time do you spend on like 
backgrounds and stuff and like designing like the rooms and stuff they're going to be in because so, some of so them much. are more intricate than others but <laughs> yeah. yeah some of them are like pretty pretty crazy yeah i spent four weeks design doing concept design on the book before i got started before i was like i have to start drawing this book and after four weeks i had yeah. designed half of issue one <laughs> so i was doing constant design work i built almost every room and object in 3d um so i have the i have the models of them in my computer and that that that's one of my favorite pages too i'm like i bet he had fun doing that <laughs> yeah the sideways one there yeah. yes they, like and that one again that was a 3d model that i had built so I, essentially the the page itself was done super super fast <laughs> and that actually actually is the only digital page the whole book oh really i was running okay. super tight on time and i was like there's no need for me to hand draw this i can literally screen cap my 3d image draw all the little areas I need to and then call it good. So nice. sorry, we skipped ahead a couple pages. Yeah. Whenever you get uh, sick of drawing backgrounds, you can just give yourself a break once where we're like red background. <laughs> yeah. Blue, but like, you know what? I'm not drawing no walls. Yep. You, be, you don't need walls on every, if the people are talking, you can drop a background. So. In the plot, did we mention that they're going up to the spaceship yet to yeah. fix the bracelet? To fix yes, the bracelet? Okay, so okay. they're hoping to find Marco's technology broken, there. Right? To and fix then this Marco's is where we get a twist. <gasps> a twist? Yep. A twist. They're not actually dead. They were just being put up here in yep. space. It's actually space? a utopia in yes. space. Yeah, it's a space station up there that everything's good. Which is like they the biggest the middle finger <laughs> to Mark when all them down. Like, you guys are living in this hell hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. While we're They've all been up running here. away from the people trying to save them, basically. Like, yeah. And fighting yep. them off. And, and again, like, it goes back to like, what's the worst possible thing for the characters? And for Marco, it was to realize the thing that she'd been fighting to protect her people from is the thing that would have saved her people and made yeah. her life better. So What a slap in the face, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm the worst. <laughs> and then uh, they see, uh, was it Joseph? Is Joseph, yep. yeah. They, yeah, they, they meet back up with him. I like that, uh, again, they all get cool outfits when they're Utopia. They all have like their little white, uh, everything's all white. It's very like, I don't know, heaven invoking, I guess. Right? Yeah, I think that's kind of what I was going for. Yeah, yeah. that or like, you like know, every Utopian version of heaven you've ever seen. all like white suits and yeah. Uh-huh. No Which stains just, like, in... In Utopia. No, no Utopia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, seeing people wear all white almost gives me anxiety because I just don't wear white for that reason because exactly. I'm like, my shirt would be white for maybe five minutes before like hot sauce or something. I, uh, I remember one of the last times I wore a white shirt and we went, we had Subway that day. And the minute I like literally I, like one of the worst things thought, you could probably the minute I get into that meatball sub, the one on the oh, end. Of course, course you were for the meatball. Of course you were for the meatball. No more white. You could have just been like a de- like <laughs> you know worst. what? You'd be a turkey club. You're like, let me get the meatball. Yeah. <laughs> Extra this meatball, goddamn it! So Joseph and Marco meet up and yep. they have a moment. And then he tries to run a scan on the bracelet, but mm-hmm. then it turns out that there's no compo- known known components. Nice. Yep. And as we skip, skip to the next page, is the scene with Evie and Tab. Um, yes. And I, it's one of those, like, I hope people notice, but later on they'll catch us that their outfits are totally different than they were yeah. the previous page. So there's actually a gap in time that we go back in and fill in on the previous, and the fi- final issue that's pulling us around. I'll admit yes. that, that I was lost the first time around. Okay. Um, yeah, first time I was like, wait, what? Here's another page where <laughs> Phil just couldn't be bothered with the background. He's like, you know what? All white. You know what? I actually <laughs> dropped that one on purpose because I wanted to focus on kind of the emotional connectivity between those two characters. That's a good choice. Nice. I would have gladly drawn a background, but I was like, no, I think actually it's more impactful to drop it entirely because I like to punish myself with backgrounds. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah and then that. we have a schlunk on the next page. <laughs> yeah. Do you choose? A I'm assuming you do, right? I you do. Get, you get to choose all of the little... Cause there's a couple other ones in here that were like kind of funny. They were like, "What yeah. the hell?" I get to write all the onomatopoeia and then give it to poor Frank to figure out how to make it look good. 
And yeah, this, this would be your end of four. This right? is the end of issue four. And I, yeah. I did this page a million different ways and I just struggled to kind of find the right way. But this is the one we ended up coming with and I think it was the best of the choices. So um, I don't know if this was just because it was in my head because it was recent because I had just barely reread it like a week or two ago. But um, I had just reread uh, Shattered Grid, the big Power Rangers crossover that, oh, that okay. Kyle Higgins and Ryan Perry mm-hmm. did with, through the yep. Mighty Morphin and Go-Go Power Rangers books. Anyways, in the, the first issue of that book, they kick off by killing Tommy is one of the, you know, the green Power Ranger for yeah. anyone that's not in the know of Power Rangers. But anyways, it's it, it's very reminiscent of this page. It? So it was almost like because I had just read it, right? Like he yeah. gets like a sword through his back. Very, yeah. very similar to that where <laughs> it was like, I was like, oh, it's like it's like Power Rangers. Here's a here's a fun rewrite note. Um, at the end of issue four, Tab was the one who was supposed to be stabbed. Oh. It wasn't Evie. And then Tab was the one they were going to be struggling to keep alive the last issue. And she was going to make it. And then Evie was going to die somehow. I don't remember. Um, but when I, I gave this script, but I gave those scripts to my friends. You could save yourself some time by just having... Well, when I gave it to my friends, I had some good feedback from uh, Jen Hickman and Lauren Scanlon. Um, and Lauren was like, you managed to fridge the girlfriend and kill your gaze all in one page. And I was like, oh, you're <laughs> right. You're right. And, I, 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 and going back and changing it to Evie actually really upped the emotional stakes. And I feel made it much, much better. Um, I think it was just one of those, again, choices. It was one of those reactions things I did. I was yeah. like, oh, of course, to, in order to motivate her to spring into action in the last act, we will kill the person that they love. And it's uh, just totally frigged her. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're right. I did. I was like, oh, shit. I wrote a note. Like, and then Evie was going to die anyways, right? It's like two birds kind of thing. Where it's like, yeah. might as well just do this here yeah. because this is where we're heading with and this character. I think it was a much better choice. And I'm glad someone pointed that out. It was just a weird blind spot like, oh, that yeah. I had. And I was like, oh, you're right. That's bad. And that kind of <laughs> comes back again to like we were talking about. Like, like privileges and different things. Yeah. It's like that's something that we don't realize that, you know, luckily it's nice when you can get a woman to speak up one time, like, hey, this wasn't that great for this character. Yes. You're like, you know what? That's fair. Yes. It was, Let me re examine my. It was my... very helpful to hear so... that and changed it entirely. And I, I like it a whole bunch better. So now I guessed with, with this right here, this mm-hmm. is where I guessed the twist of the hunter. Mm-hmm. Oh, Just, okay. And, and there's nothing in the book that would <clears throat> even make me think that. Or so that's you just think where I went. Wonder, and then sure enough, really, like, all the I, damn. I, I didn't have any, I, and I'm usually I feel like pretty good. Who was your guess on the hunter? Because you said you had theories, or you and Mary did. I don't remember. I did, and I, I yeah, I, I did not. I thought it was just a cool action figure. Was I wasn't Evie. thinking tab okay. at all. Okay. I thought it so was when it was revealed, be... I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> if I would have had to have guessed, I was gonna guess that it was gonna be some other version of Evie okay. that was like Think, yeah. the worst possible version of uh, her that had maybe but, yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> again to go back to Power Rangers right like she's like the Lord Draken like Lord she's Draken. like the, like the the alternate she's the the very worst version of that character that's just been through yeah hell and back yeah so originally I didn't reveal I, to me Hunter was just basically like a robot basically just a force a of nature yeah, a Terminator thing, yeah. that's what um, I thought the first yeah that was yeah, my and I didn't then, think in in um, rewrites in a comic salon is what we yeah. call our group. Uh, Jake Fox, who's a phenomenal, like he's done what did he wrote number one with the bullet and um, uh, Goners, but he's also he writes for TV and movies and animation. Oh, and great. He was like he was like, uh, yeah, you should reveal that to be uh, another version of Tabitha. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that is such a good reveal. I was like, but I just don't. I feel like giving the 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 force of nature a face 
will raise too many questions at the end. So mm-hmm. I wasn't going to do it. But then as issue one and two came out and I started talking to you and other people I knew who were just like, I've got guesses on who the hunter is going to be. I was <laughs> like, oh, this is a question that people are like legit spending so time on. Then you felt pressure. Like now people are going to be disappointed if it's but just a robot. If I don't, and I wasn't even, there was no I, moment I, where like it, the shield breaks. It was just going to be a force of nature. I so. will admit that I, I would have been disappointed if it was just a, yeah. a mindless Terminator running through. I don't know if I would have been, been like, but uh, I definitely like, Hindsight being twenty twenty, if yeah. I ha- having the choice of two, I yep. would have chosen the one where she gets to be Tabitha. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if I would say I would have been disappointed. I don't Speaking know. of what we were saying before, of like wanting to know more, yeah. I want to know what happened to that tab that made her <laughs> go on this rampage. Well, like that would be that would be spoiling stuff for a potential sequel. So I can't talk about. There's it also yet. a part oh. of me that wondered if it was going to be a version of Evie's mom. Because we, cause we oh. just had a whole thing where she talked about how like how much my mom meant to me and everything. Uh, and so I wonder if it was like, like yeah, that. I like that. That wasn't a yeah. thought across my head, you know, but yeah, yeah. So initially, I wasn't going to be anything, but then as as I started talking to people, it was one of those I like, called my editor. I was like, all right, this is an idea I've had sitting aside that I got from a friend. I think it's great, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Is it going to be too distracting? And maybe even called Dave Stoll too. Dave's like my best friend, so I talked to him all the time every time Dave's I have a question. Um, and what I, a nice I think guy. I got enough feedback there. Like I think it's one of those you could do it. It would be cool, but it wouldn't be just so distracting that people would like lose the train of thought in the last issue. So that's what we went for. Dave so. was nice enough to put Mary and I in the last episode of Metaphorical yeah. and I'm, yeah. we're forever in debt to that. So uh, I'll so, never forget that. So we pop back and they're discussing. And um, I have a beer in my head, which just do. means it's like as accurate as, as possible. <laughs> like, Oh, in metaphorical. Okay. Yep. So we're back to kind of discussing what they can do to, to like what their plan to is to stop the hunter yep. because they can't jump anywhere now. Yep. Yeah, they're because of the broken wristband, and this is where like Evie kind of puts the first time she puts it all together. Like, all right, here's what we can do to utilize all of our strengths. Yeah, um, there, there, there was a little bit for me of the like, yeah, not getting the gap the first time, maybe like. Okay, they're in white outfits. And like, oh, Evie just got stabbed. Now they're in black outfits. Yeah. More they did, and then it's like, okay, I get. Yeah. Like, no, I, I wanted you thrown off a little bit at first. It was yeah. like, okay because this hasn't yeah. happened yet. That was purposefully trying to throw you guys off a little bit. <laughs> so okay, then I'm glad it was. Yep. Me. Marco is no, I, I the felt forces. the same way. Yeah. So, okay. but it was that I just looked at the other page. I'm like, well, they're different. Out, that was the outfit yeah. so it was like yeah, okay this it, is a different it was like a quick second like, I don't wait. know if it would have worked if oh. they would have been in the same clothes like, <laughs> yeah. that was kind of the key the thing that sells it yeah yeah. if you had them in the same clothes I don't know if it works yeah mm. it was supposed to be like if you're reading the single issue by issue it's not till issue 5 where you understand like even if you didn't notice they were different outfits I, went, I issue 5 was like to illustrate like oh here's the gap in time that I didn't show you and here's where it sets up this moment right. that would have been um, a good place for yeah. A, a break. Chapter break. Yeah. yeah, that was the yeah. one where I was saying like yeah. the stab is yeah. where I wanted one just black page one. afterwards, just to let you soak that in for a second. But that's okay. N- nothing's ever perfect. <laughs> oh, I just wanted one black page. <laughs> Marco's calling on the forces to uh, stand up a fight. We gotta, you know, everybody has to work together. Then we go back to a flashback, mm-hmm. and now we're kind of leading up to what we where well, we were left off. yeah, yeah we're going back we even further up. but i like that we kind of see it from a different angle that we get to see the hunter coming up from behind them now yep. yeah so it's like i like that it, it, it would have been easy to just i guess like redo use some of yeah. the same art and stuff it, you could have i guess but yeah. it's like it, don't show us the same thing show us the same thing from a different angle at least yeah. show us something else you know and some of these panels were repeated from previously but i actually reinked them Right. I didn't copy and paste any panels, so oh. I reinked all those and then added the new one at the bottom. So, nice. and then even this, where it's like we saw like 
the charge from behind and then the aftermath so like we don't yeah. see her stabbed yeah, again because it's like, it. it's like yeah we've already done it we yeah. don't need to do it now again. we're caught up to where we were um, so that that again would have felt like a like kind of a cheap thing like shock for sure it's like we, we yeah. did that already we don't need to do it again and they get transported and orbit is going to try to heal what she's doing basically is using her gravity powers to keep everything oh. in whole like in place from spilling out and gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. yeah more space i wish i could have gone into all this all the mechanics of what you can do with gravity powers gravity powers is another cool thing that i don't feel like is it's not one that you see a lot too so yeah. it's like that's really interesting like that's yeah i yeah. wish we could have had more time with that because it's not like everybody can fly and like lift a car up and shit like gravity yeah. powers is something a little different yep. marco is fighting joe joseph says hey orbit they need you orbit tries fighting too so she's popping back in and out mm-hmm. and then yeah this, this sequence here is where this like, is where the just hunter walks in panels. and this is where evie puts everything together this page about, is probably such a these pages do were such probably a nightmare to draw very difficult but to they do, but they're but my favorite they images. look yeah, so, so sweet yeah. though dude yeah like it was the moment where i where artist phil was like writer phil you did a terrible job here let me take over and fix this for you <laughs> your <laughs> suffering was worth it because yeah. it looks amazing <laughs> it's my favorite sequence and just i mean i don't know how it landed for each individual person but just like the repeating motifs of like seeing the triangles everywhere on the power on the coin on tab and That's so how cool. all those yeah. line up in a row and like this is the moment i was made for type thing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and how all the panels i love fade that into realization yeah yeah very very good yeah, that was like my I, everything I'm doing in this book is leading up to this moment, and I hope it works. <laughs> and then here's where we get the uh, the reveal. Mm-hmm. Yep, which you mentioned earlier. Yep, um, Hunter's Tabitha, very angry, grizzled looking Tabitha. Yeah, she's <laughs> been through some stuff. Certainly, <laughs> definitely been through some shit. Poor Orbit's doing everything she can, try to hold Evie together, and. Uh, they, they, they get to share a kiss and stuff before it all goes down and stuff. I think that is actually the only moment in the book where they kiss the previous times they've almost kissed. Huh. Well, that's true, yeah, because yeah, they were on like the verge once or twice, right? And yep. then it always cuts away. It always cuts away. One of them, I think, was stab. in one of the flashbacks, right? And then it it was like right at the end, and then we cut away to they something else, been, I yeah. think. I th- um, hopefully, that I purposely planned that like the first time you actually see them kiss is right at that moment. It, 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 it's also because the yeah, is it, it feels earned, I guess. Like mm-hmm. you, you want to see it by the time they get there. Yeah, I was trying. So <laughs> I, I, I guess we we could go into more specification about like the the coin itself and what it what they do with it because that they, they she she like throws the coin at at Tabitha's head and stuff. Yeah, she hucks it as hard as she can at Tabitha's head, and then at the last minute they transport Tabitha behind her. So that the coin just hits Hunter right in the face and obliterates the shield. Because Hunter can see movements as they're coming, but can be surprised by stuff. So this mm-hmm. was their way yeah. of surprising it. It works. It's really cool. Um, I like the way that everything kind of like, there's color here. And then it kind of goes white and then it fades back into into stuff at the bottom of that page. Poor Orbit. Well, loses an arm. Yep. I mean, again, so I guess she's got to, I'm like, man, if we ever do triage too, she's going to have a robot arm. I was going to say, I, it'd she's be cool as shit. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> and she only looks mildly annoyed by it. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's it like, like burned it all off. It's like straight and, it's straight and cauterized at that point. It's like, ah, oh, shit. It's got to be like a cool robot arm too. Like, it's got to have like one that like has like a cannon or something. Yeah, like, it's got to like, like, like some Going cool. back to the 90s comics. Yeah, yeah. like it's got to be, it can't just be like a hand. Like it's got to be like some cool shit. Then we go to uh, inner monologue. Story begins with a birth and ends with a death. Which which goes back to the the 
first. Yeah, I don't first page think we birth. really mentioned yep. that. Yeah. And then this one is her death. I I really like that. Uh, this whole thing kind of brought them all together, and then they, they choose to kind of stay together and stay close. Um, Tabitha, obviously, specifically. And well, they can't go anywhere. They can't go anywhere. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Marco's world. <laughs> that's true. Um, I just wanted to feel like there was a choice, okay? No, no. They chose to stay together and that's basically right. become a family. They could have right. They could have gone off and they could have, one could be up in Sanctuary, one could be down on Earth, so. Um, it, it, it's, it's really good. It puts a nice little ribbon on everything. Mm-hmm. E- Evie dying, I think I, I liked it better the second time okay. than the first time just because I, I was like pretty i don't know maybe it's just caught off guard by the first time i was like oh okay we're gonna kill her <laughs> um and then the, the the second time reading it i feel like that's where the story was supposed to go yeah. Yeah. so um i don't know maybe it was just the shock a little bit had to wear off for me a little bit or okay. i don't know and, and, and some of it might just be kind of like again the different experiences of reading it in single issues to cut so when i got there it was kind of like oh that's what we're doing yeah. then reading it all in one reading it all together was like that felt like that's where the story was going the whole time yeah so no um, it was and then this this last page is where it was going the whole time too i would read everything in trade if i could if i had the patience like <laughs> that to me that's the preferred way to read things i like getting everything all together because sure I, yeah no, it was supposed to end with Evie dying. It was supposed to end with somewhat of a, a felt like a satisfying conclusion to the story. They defeated the bad guy. They stopped everything. And then I wanted the one last page just to kind of just open the door a little bit more. Yeah. Just peek it back in. Just to in see, case. Like, you know, this right here is the birth that the story begins with. This is mm-hmm. not the death the story ends with. So. I enjoy that. Yep. Um, and that's it. And then, yeah, you got uh, all the, the variant covers. and stuff. All the amazing there. artists who did incredible variant covers. That uh, cover for five, man. And then we have a prologue. And this was another one. I didn't get to see the design of the book ahead of time until mm-hmm. it was in my hand. And I was like, why is the prologue at the back of the book? The prologue should have been the first four pages you read in the trade. <laughs> <laughs> that feels weird to me that they wouldn't have ran that by you. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. where, was was this originally printed anywhere? Was no, it? it was published online with like the announcement. Oh, okay. Um, or maybe one of the early announcements kind of as a way to be like, here's a teaser for the book that acts as a trailer. But and doesn't actually give away content gotcha. of the first issue. Okay. It just sets up the idea of like these are all these people in different universes being hunted by something. Not so. having the context for that and then reading it at the end of the trade, it does feel weird. It's like, wait a yeah. minute, are we are we doing something else now? It's like, no, no, yeah. that was just here's a little thing. Like it was it it it, it, it functions as a special features thing, bonus yes. content. As a, as a person who loves yeah. like bonus features yeah. on DVDs, I see why they put it I there. I totally see why but they But I could also see hey, why it was why written to be in the, yeah. in the trade at the front of yeah. everything as like a, a teaser before and then you flip to the next page and then it's like bam triage bam page one. But <laughs> oh well. Yeah. That's triage. Nice yeah. Yeah. Front, Maybe but... someday if we reprint or do a big hardcover or something we'll, yes, we'll, we'll work a little bit. A little Always hardcover. Yeah. <laughs> well Always, there we go. Every There's single time. Painfully long uh, oh, discussion it's... of me talking about my. No, book, that so. was that was good. <laughs> I like that. Mary, in the interest of getting Phil out of here, what are your quick thoughts on triage? I liked it. I want more. <laughs> That's what I want. I would love to give you more. Um, we will see what happens. Okay. I hope. I hope. Yeah. Uh, same. Um, I really love the colors in this. Yeah. The you. colors are. It's, are, it's probably my favorite thing about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I agree. I, I love the colors. It's great. Thank you. The yeah. Colors. Yeah, they just they're so vibrant. So and again, yes. I, what, would I love to see the complete trilogy of this? Of course I would. This, yeah. this yeah. would be great. It's it's a world I'd love. I love to play in a little longer. Yeah. So the opening scene for Volume Two is really really fun. It's been in my head for like two years, but uh, well, maybe someday. 
Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how much. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the Dark Horse communicates like numbers. That did how well did it sell? Did it sell fairly well? I mean. I mean, for for a dark horse book, right? That I mean, creator it's not... own, yeah, creator own books have, have been in a rough space for the last few years, um, and I don't think it sold. It underperformed other creator own books, and I don't think it performed better in relation. Mm-hmm. I had a bunch of friends who launched books last year, and some of them did really well, and some of them generally we had about similar numbers. We can't where... all be Canto, right? No, we can't all be Canto. Um, I did not get through <laughs> multiple printings of any of the books, and my you know my attrition rate was fairly standard as far as like issue one dropped to two to three to four and it settled in around four and five and i mean it, it wasn't necessarily numbers that i i wanted i wanted a little bit better than that but at the same time like you always do right yeah i mean i worked my butt off to try and talk to people about it and get it out there and, mm. and and dark horse was great and supportive of the book and they marketed it well i remember their social yeah. media and stuff backed it really well when yeah. it was coming out I mean, and the, pushed it pretty the hard people there are awesome i think 2019 was a little bit of a more difficult year for creator-owned books Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, the trade is out now and the trade will exist for as long as it's in print and which could be a very long time. So if it sells really, really well, um, who knows what happens? It's hard launching a trade right in the middle of 2020. Yeah. Uh, sure. I think potentially later on or next year, we'll push for another round of marketing to try and bring attention to it because yeah, it's just, it came out. Uh, I think you were the one who tweeted me a picture when I was like, oh, it's out today. Yeah. I knew it was coming at some point, but it had been delayed a couple times, I think, with printing things. Nobody knows the, anymore with 2020. Things just yeah, come yeah. when they come. And I think with, with Dark Horse especially, they had a, a large amount of, of trades and books that came out in early June that had been stuff that was supposed to have been come out over the course of May and April right. and part of March. And it's just a lot of books to market. But it's, it's here and it exists. And I've got plans on ways to future stories and also to integrate aspects of it into other stories and try and some sort of cross promotional mm-hmm. ideas of getting people to read the books. So. Animated series, live action movie. Yeah. I am down. I've had, I've had <laughs> conversations. There's nothing that has come together quite uh, yet, but we've had cool conversations with people from time to time. So. Well, if you've made it this long and for some reason you don't have a copy of this book and you're still here, <laughs> go pick up a copy of this book. Yep. Um, go ask your local comic book shop about it. I'm sure it's on Amazon as well. If yeah, you want comic to shops, there. Amazon, Comicsology, if you prefer that as well. Yeah, get a digital, wherever you're at, feel free to drop a reviews on it. Amazon reviews always, well, I think once you get 50 reviews, it do you have like an online store or anything on like a website that they um, could buy a trade from you? There I don't have and... any listed on my website yet. Okay. I need to. I got in, you know, in anticipation for convention season, I got 50 copies of the trade and then there's no cons for 2020 and potentially so 2021. Got box so I got a big box of triage books. So I, I'm going to put some up on my store and do some sketch versions where I'll draw on it or something. Or... For sure. That would be people oh, can I, can I just want to do a shout out to uh, Phil come into our store, the nerd store, and we'll like open up the books on the shelf, sign them. There were times he's even put like sketches inside of random books. I have books. two of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just a really cool thing to do. Oh, awesome. thanks. I mean, I, I, I really love and appreciate the stores who've supported the book because there were, there were people I talked to, not just, you know, our local stores, but other people as well who were like, I wasn't planning on getting the book, but it looks cool. Or because you reached out to me, I'll do it. And I know Nerd Store heavily ordered on it as well as some of the other ones in the area. And I'm like, I want to do all I can to support. And we did promotional trading cards. And I did a handful of like 50 different sketches. We dropped in but random books and. Nobody appreciates comic book shops more than than the independent <laughs> comic book creators yeah. because yeah. they yep. thrive on Very much the so. shops well, yours, taking yours a chance on Yours is also one of the rare ones. Like we kind of have a, a policy like, hey, once it hits trade, we'll pull singles off the shelf. Yeah. But we no, it's like no, we'll, we're, that's still there. It's 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 Phil. We're gonna keep that on the show. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> that's great, Phil. Thanks again, man. No, so thanks much for having for me down. I appreciate it. Um, I know you kind of dropped a couple hints 
throughout the podcast. Was there anything that you're working on that you can talk about at all? Um, yeah. So just before everything shut down, I finished up a book for Z2 Comics. Called, um, there's a heavy metal band called uh, In uh, In This Moment, uh, and they've got a new album coming out. That I don't know what the release date is. It again, COVID screwed that all up. But they did a, a tie-in comic with the album that I illustrated. Oh, wow. um, so Ryan, Katie nice. wrote it, and I drew it, and it's kind of it's with their album. Which did you will, get to like work with the band at all on I it? I did. Yeah. So That's Maria Brink awesome. is the the lead singer and kind of creative she's incredible. director. Yeah. And so yeah. I got to I talked and talked to her all the time and texted, and she's like very involved and has all sorts of really really cool ideas. And Are any of them comic like fans or um, anything, I, or was this I, kind I of know. just a like where where's the idea I don't quite know where it came from. Like how it came together. Z2 does a lot of like um, uh, uh, performers and musician tie-in graphic novels. They've done stuff with like Poppy and Youngblood and they're doing with Sturgill Simpson right now. And oh, okay. like just this really interesting variety of performers who want to have kind of like multimedia tie-ins to their work. So they got in contact with them. And then uh, Josh Frankel, who is uh, the, uh, the owner and editor-in-chief there, reached out to me. I've known Josh for a few years and asked me to draw this book. And it was a really fun kind of like gothic fantasy heaven and hell type uh one shot that'll be out with the album and i'm working on a couple i'm working on a creator owned graphic novel right now that hopefully when things are up and running i'll get it uh, pitched and approved somewhere it was it was in process of approvals when things slowed down so i've just been working on it it is going to be massive Um, (laughs) i've got to now uh convince a publisher to allow me to publish a 500 page graphic novel. and people can follow you on the internet where yeah um so i'm at on twitter at philip cv on instagram at philip cv comic art and then philipcv.com is my website so awesome go check it out yeah um we'll be back next week doing uh was it that bad for electra which we 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 pushed off for a little while but it's time to finally watch that movie and we're gonna talk about it next week and then uh the next comic book club was kylie's pick still we're gonna do the before Watchmen, dr manhattan jayla krasinski that's a cool book so i've never read it um so excited to read it adam hughes is drawing it guys so you got to finish Watchmen before you read manhattan though Oh, well, that ain't gonna happen. Oh, that ain't gonna that's happen. Gonna happen. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe I've asked Kylie. Well, been, we, Mary know. knows how Watchmen okay. ends. Yeah. She's yeah, just she's I never know. actually read it. Yeah. Yeah. She's right. seen the movie a bunch of times. Right. That's pretty close. That's very close. <laughs> well, I also know how the comic ends too because you've told me well, i mean it yeah he did it 35 minutes ago actually that's yeah oh there we go but can yeah. i think of a better way to end it than that so guys till next time i'm tyler i'm mary i'm kylie we'll see you next week take care This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Janet.